Eric's gonna have to put up a disclaimer with this. God's no, no, opinions are his own and not of NPR. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh. Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. All right, welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined Ten with our good in. friend. Scott That's what Gordon. you have to do the lead in. You're messing up the lead in. <laughs> yeah, I know. What the heck? He's he's yeah, chilling yeah. over there with his drink. Dry, you hear the gonna, ice? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna be talking about um, which uh, you know. I guess this is how I say this: like as you get into reptiles and you want to breed them or whatever, you start out with sort of the simpler species and you try to get your, get your, get a feeling for, you know, how to actually breed pythons or whatever you're keeping. And, um, you know, after doing it a couple times, and especially if you're not necessarily a morph person, you know, now what do you do? I mean, back in the days when, when, when I was into it, when I was a kid, and and my dad was into this. I said this before. There was no such thing as breed. Like people didn't think about breeding. They just thought about keeping. And you know, it was all about you know working with a specific species. And like mm-hmm. you would like slowly graduate up to you know you would have your beginner species like corn snakes and garter snakes and that kind of thing. And then you would jump into the realm of a python. And you know even then you would start with something. Well. What would be the simpler snake back then? Probably a berm. It's kind of what everybody yeah, it's had. Yeah, not a ball python. They were hard. Yeah, it's. I'm uh... not necessarily saying that that's the right snake. That's a good starter snake. It was for me, but <laughs> what are you going to do? That was 1984. I don't even think Owen was alive yet. I wasn't. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> See, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, slowly and sure, uh, you know, slowly over time, you start to. You know, once you kind of figure out a species, you kind of kind of move on to a next one. I think a perfect example of that is a guy like Keith McPeak, who's who's bred so many different species, and you know, seeing all the stuff that he's worked with. Oh, and you know, like we're talking about walma pythons. He's like, oh yeah, that's no big deal. Blah 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 blah. But then, you know, <laughs> just like, like what do you? What do you yeah, mean? He, he's forgotten <laughs> more about breeding snakes than I shall ever learn. So yeah, yeah. and yeah. now he's working with something like bones, which he's trying to, you know. Uh, Push his knowledge of keeping and breeding and et cetera, and, and Scott, just trying to crack it. Yeah. Malukans and uh, Owen, you got the uh, the olives that you I cracked, got everything. right? Yeah. Well, olives, I got eggs, which, um, like I keep telling people, Dude, eggs fire. is <laughs> eggs is step two of twenty five. All right, Wait, like you got roughy eggs and you yes. got olive eggs. Yes. There's only one thing I regret, man. If we could have just ticked that species off of the off, five no, no, pythons. No, because I would not have traded any of the other pythons that we found in Australia. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, add it to it. That would have oh, yeah. been that like much that sweeter last one, for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You see that in the uh, wild, and then you come home, and it's hatching in your incubator. I can just imagine that water python was an olive, and we'll just go from there. Maybe it I'm, was. Maybe it was it, a melanistic olive it's python. a giant-ass fucking <laughs> liasses. Count it. Go on. You know? Close enough, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's what we're gonna try to talk about tonight. And um, uh, but before we get into that, you know, welcome Scott. How you doing? Glad oh, I'm doing you back. <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> what do you say? It was like homecoming. It's like oh no. <laughs> it's like, well, before yeah. the show, Owen was was being his witty self, and I said, "See, I am. 
See, Scott, <laughs> you're not going to get that on any other podcast except NPR, and you know that's you know it's the truth. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it helps. <laughs> we've 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 all been friends for. It's got to be getting close to a decade now, right? Jesus At this point, Christ. I mean, yeah. uh, when when did we first meet you, Scott? I mean, it, it must have been like one of the original Carp Professor. I I think I met. I met you that's out where I met, Eric. I met. I met you and Chris at White Plains. Yeah, I want to say I like hung out with you at like White Plains at Mike Curtin's table and shit like that. No, it was a trade deal. Jungle for a white lip. Son of a bitch! You're right. <laughs> <laughs> wait, you had the jungle, Owen? I don't remember. No, wait, I, I did. Gave, wait. Yeah, you had the jungle. I was trading the white lip, wasn't I? Correct. I believe so. I think yeah. it was one of the jungles that came from my old VPI pair that I had, and I wish I never fucking traded to you assholes. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I kept it because now, now both them snakes are dead. But yeah. um, and, and the white lip white was lips. the white lip was a male, but we had bought it as a female, and all of a sudden we had like four point one, like four point one. We're like, dear God, and. Scott wanted the white lips, so I remember that, yeah. Well, that's when you had that big, huge colony of white lips. Yeah, I miss that. I miss that. Could sit in a room and be surrounded by white lips, and I'm like, yeah. ah! That's Fuck, when, idiot. Yeah, that's when you went on that. Uh, I'll never forget that. We started talking to, like, there was the the, uh, the episode about scrub pythons that, you know, you just hated with um, with Blake. I do hate and, that one. Yes, and then that like is. the following year, you just decided, you know, like screw it, I'm gonna get all these different things. And you had like scrubs and white lips and yeah, you had that like every once in a while. Yeah, everybody in their career at one point has the moment where they're like, you, they, your eyes are opened to the big wide world of pythons out there beyond your niche, 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 niche. Oh. oh wow, you're using it in a sentence here, Carly. Oh. You'd be so happy. Species. Right. <laughs> what See, did now, you say? Every did you time say I get niche? to it, I get nervous because I'm not getting it right. No, don't. <laughs> that, it's so true, right? I'm like, Thank oh, you. man. I'm like going to make Nipper so mad if I I'm Nipper's this. just going to be in my brain. Concentrate. <laughs> Nipper is pissed. Whatever. If, if an episode goes by and we don't piss off Nipper, it's a weird episode. Oh. So um, <laughs> I don't have half after the, my own heart. I don't piss off half the Morelli community with what I say or mispronounce. It's not a show. It's not an episode. Um, but when you get out of that, when you start branching off and you go crazy and you start realizing that there's a bunch of stuff that can kind of – Stay within the same realm of care that you're used to with your certain with your core species like you don't have to go too far out and then you start expanding and then you eventually hit to the point where you're like all right well i hate these <laughs> it's like and these kind of suck these are awesome and then you kind of like, have the same way. point with white legs <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude i don't know what the fuck i was thinking because that's that's funny because that was a moment when we did that trade. Like, I mean, it probably was 10 years ago or so now. Jesus Christ. Yeah. We did that trade, and I had this, like, short period of time where I was like, I want to put a group of white lips together. And the reason that was was because I had had a white lip before. And I don't know what the fuck I was thinking because the one I had before was a psycho insane chainsaw, <laughs> only eight birds at first. Like, I don't know what made me want more of that. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, I had the great idea to do it, and um, God, I wish I never traded that jungle because that would have been good for me now. But man, that uh, was a VPI straight animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I can't for the life of me oh. remember what the hell happened with that thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I remember. could I could break your heart more, Eric. You want to hear this? So back then, 
I was a fucking nobody. I just fucking, when I bred them, I wasn't really online. I wasn't part of the mm-hmm. Morelia community the first time I bred jungles. I wasn't part of anything. I was just a kid keeping reptiles. Right. And uh, when I produced them, I sold a couple back then. I wholesaled them to my buddy who owned a pet store for like 50 bucks a pop. Yeah, I remember him telling me that, that, yeah. Oh, how about that? (laughs) So somewhere out there, maybe, possibly, somebody has a, you know, a a VPI jungle, but you'll never know. You'll never know. I'm pretty sure all (laughs) them, most of those have disappeared at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, they probably made it. I mean, carpets are hardy. I mean, there's probably a couple that are still around, kicking around. I mean, the parents just died at, uh, well, the female just died at 17 about a year ago. And then uh, the male died about a year before her. He had cancer, and she died because I grew her too big. Mm. Dude, I mean, uh, there's, the no, there's no more iconic picture of a carpet python, of a, just a regular carpet python, than the picture on the front of Pythons of the World, Volume mm-hmm. 1, Australia. I mean, you know, that VPI jungle, man, is just like, whoa. You know, I think the only one that works with them is Terry Phillip, maybe. Terry Phillips is probably the only one who's still, I don't, I don't know what he's doing with him these days, but he probably still has a group. And yep. um, because when, the, when, when Barker's got out of it, some went to him and some went to uh, Hummel. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I don't know what he's, what he's doing with them either. I'm, I'm not really sure. Yeah. So um, well, you can still, still get them. Right. I mean, they're, yeah. they're still out there, but. It's just such an iconic line, you know, and it just seems like that's sort of, uh, I don't know, kind of lost in the shuffle of things. I don't really see anybody talk about VPI jungles anymore. I think they do, but it's like the VPI is like it, I, the only time I ever see it is when it's in lineage. And it's just like you kind of go back far enough, you hit a VPI animal. It's like, oh, like yeah. it, there it is. So um, very few people have them bought straight from the Barkers. Mine were bought yeah. straight from the Barkers and the kid who bought them sold them to me. And I had them uh, pretty much their whole life, except for about two years. I did. And uh, that's honestly why the like I've kind, I kind of slowed down on social media a lot. Because when she passed away, that it hit me hard. I had it for a long time. That snake was special. Right. It yeah, sucked when he yeah. it, when he passed. It sucked, but he had cancer for like shit. He survived for like a year with it, but it was like you knew. Yeah. But uh, she passed away unexpectedly. I mean, completely unexpectedly. No change in behavior. Came out of winter, but uh, I I'm, I know it was uh, she was too big, too big. I grew too big, but so. When she died, it was just it hit me hard, man. Yeah, but that's that's the mistake everybody who was into pythons at some point makes so in the beginning. Talk, yeah, when we talk about that online, we're trying to, although we might come across as assholes sometimes, it's because we've already done it. Done it. <laughs> we've we're trying to you. prevent you from making the same mistake. We're trying to prevent it. I'm not a dick. I fucking made this mistake. Fucking listen to me. Stop yeah. growing your fucking snakes too goddamn big because, and, and you guys have seen it, especially in that carpet pythons group where there was just another tractor fire today. Fucking, oh, what did you do now? Oh, <laughs> oh someone posted the, I'm not even into it. Let's not get into that. <laughs> no. But my, I love it because someone's like, I want to see your big carpets. And here you go. You're going to get a thread of 75 pictures of carpets that people have grown too big. Right. Yeah. One or two of them, they'll be legit. There's a couple. There's people that have big carpets. They're yeah, 15 years. Their genetics were correct for it. But you know, when they start posting their five-year-old carpet and it's fucking <laughs> eight foot already, yeah. are you kidding me? Stop you, it. 
Do you have any idea how much of a diet I've put my my monsters on? Like they're all seven eight foot now, but they're they're lean as shit, and they're not happy about it. Like this isn't this totally changed, but you know I'd rather have them hang out for the next. I mean they're all they're eleven, and that's what tells you is like if you get them too big, you will have a bunch that don't make it all the way to eleven because. I only have four or five that are. Well, why do you think nobody's got none of these people, none of these big carpets anyone posts are ever 15 plus years old? Because no, because I don't want to push them. It, it doesn't happen. They don't survive yeah. that long. No, and you start getting into, you get breeding problems. Like I had the ones I had my females that were laying like 30 something eggs a clutch, and one blew out a nova duck, nearly bled to death, and I slimmed her down. I bred her this year. She had 10 eggs, and she's recovering fine. So, you know, it's even more dangerous to push them to get more eggs. So, also, why do you want 32 of the same goddamn thing? So, it all depends what it is. I mean, if I it was mean, a Malukan, I would take 32. 32? I would take 32 Malukans. I would it's take 32 Ruffies. Yeah. But before we do the. Does, do you know, Scott? What is the what is the average clutch side of a of a Malukan? Does anybody know? Have you seen a Malukan so, egg, Scott? What are they like? <laughs> here's the here's the thing. From most of what you're gonna see with Malukan clutches, and how I know nobody's really got this narrowed down to a, a full science is there's not a whole lot of really full good clutches. Mm. There's a, a lot of shit clutches. There's a lot of slugs. Yeah, there's a lot of slugs. It's even the ones that have had a couple of times success. Um, nobody in the U.S. has had a good clutch, uh, to my knowledge. Was I mean, there's a, a few people in Maryland that, that did it. Mark Bell, Mike Bell, Mike Bell. He suppose he. <laughs> I don't want to actually. I don't want to put anybody out. Supposedly he, he is the one that someone thinks has the most Malukans in the country or something. There, there's rumors of someone who has like 40 Malukans. Mike has done it before. Mike, I, I know, has a ton. Of and I talked to Mike, and I yeah. it might be he kept any babies he bred, but um, you know he he hasn't done it in a while, and uh, you know there wasn't. It, it's a pain in the ass, like. When I when I started trying to ask people who had done it to talk to them and get a dialogue, either I couldn't get in contact with them, which was some people. A lot, most people talked to me, right? Or there's some people that did it a while back, but they really didn't know what they did. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's got like I had success, but I don't remember. Yeah, yeah exactly. Capinetto's. I mean, he only had what three good eggs or some small number, I think. Yeah. Once, so his his data is small, but like. Or it's or it's they kind of know like uh, I talked to Chad when he did it and he knew what he did basically but again it wasn't a, it was successful but it wasn't a huge full healthy clutch of success so I have to take that with a grain of salt when I I see it you know I forgot so, Chad you know it's another it's another male that I've raised to sell to go on to become a fantastic breeder for somebody else yeah see you that doesn't see hurt at all. Doesn't hurt oh, at all. Yeah. Just <laughs> you give everybody else. Son of a bitch. I forgot about Chad. <laughs> Salt in the wound. You know yeah, that hurts. We'll 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 start with this. We'll start with this part because I think this kind of you know, we can segue into the breeding of these rare species. And like, you know, uh, now that we're going through this COVID nineteen stuff, 
um, this this uh, open letter on requested ban of international live wildlife trade came down from PJAC uh, Tuesday. Yeah. And uh, I guess it was last Tuesday. And um, I mean, we've all talked about this. Um, we've talked about it on the show. Scott, I've heard you talk about it on our show, on other shows. Um, just about the idea that eventually, you know, they're going to try to close. Oh, that sounds like a nice cocktail that's going on over there. I don't know. Just, just pour in some. Just, just don't, just, don't mind me. Keep talking. Just pour in some more Woodford Reserve double <laughs> barrel. Don't worry. Jesus. Anything that has a cork in it, man. Yeah, I mean, it's high just, class. Yeah, right? I mean, this is, this is so much better than the Christmas episode where I'm like barely talking as you hear more and more ice and stuff. Like, yeah, go ahead. But this is something that we've, you know, we've talked about and trying to get these uh, species that, uh, you know, people like so much uh, or want to work with eventually at some point to try to get them established in captivity. Um, It's sort of, you know, a lot of people have banged this drum. Scott, you're one of them. You know, Nick has done this. We've talked about this, uh, you know, where everybody gets wrapped up in these morphs and everything. And they're, you know, like, what combo can I make and all this stuff? You know, we're forgetting about establishing species that, you know, could be lost to herpticulture forever. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, uh, and we've seen it with uh, importation of retics, you know, that, that shut down, which, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. Bad thing, yeah. You know, I don't, you know, I don't know. That's a species that uh, is one of those things where, you know, I, I don't want to say that people can have them, but at the same time, you know, not 90% of the has. people that do shouldn't. Yes, correct. Yeah, correct. I agree. Yeah, correct. it's so, it's one of those things you don't take it. it, it it's you don't think about it. it. It's like the $40 sulcata tortoise. You don't realize just how much or people don't realize just how much that care that animal's going to need in space and things like that. So See, tortoises are assholes. People don't get it. Oh, I'm, <laughs> uh, no. we have a small one and she's a fucking diva and a half. So how she destroys her inside. She destroys just, her inside enclosure uh, uh, until it's time to go outside. Scott, yep. do you know about Mort? He should at this point. Who's which one's more? Oh, it's my sulcata tortoise that I adopted and I had no say in. <laughs> oh, that was, must have been the missus. Oh, uh, <laughs> he, he was abandoned and needed us. And I said, I don't want it. And she said, too bad. And I'm like, well, that's the end of that conversation. So, yeah, yeah. We can't go down this road. No, we'll, we can't. We, yeah. we'll have six, we can have six hours of conversations on this. I get blamed for one of the cats, I but I got a husky. Fest. We got a husky here, and this. No, Scott. Scott got a dog, and then he ended up getting another dog for the dog who needed a buddy. And well, I'm watching you, this happen. And I'm like, Scott, what are you doing? Stop! So Stop. you don't you don't know the story of Odin, though. The, the story of Odin is actually pretty funny, and it's not that long. Okay. You want to? So, we, so as Odin said, we we have the one dog. We have the husky. She has isolation anxiety, as you guys know, but listeners, some of the listeners don't. Right. She has isolation anxiety, pain in the ass, dealing with it, dealing with it. We decided to uh, take the gamble and see if a second dog would help because the certain things made us think that would help. This, do not do this. If your dog has separation anxiety, I don't recommend this unless i mean if you want to ask me why message me and ask me why there were certain indicators that made us think we could make this work so we go to the spca up here which is right down the road and at the time we were we actually went there to look at a boxer that was there cuz i had a boxer uh, years ago who i loved and um, so that dog was getting adopted 
So we so we're like, ah, shit. So we walk through. <laughs> Here's this little dingo-looking, husky-mixed-looking white. He looks. He actually looks like a small white shepherd. Oh, didn't you guys have seen him on yeah, Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So here's here he is at the SPCA. Our first sight of him is he's. I don't know if he was fixed yet. He's standing there. He's got a mouthful of the blanket they have in with him, and he's air humping the the air. <laughs> <laughs> she falls in love with him because he's got the husky tail and he is, he's actually adorable. He's an Island rescue dog. So I'm like, Oh fuck, this dog's going to be, you know, not trained. Like it's going to be a fucking nightmare. Mm -hmm. Oh, we don't get him. A week goes by where we go out and do some stuff the next weekend. She's like, Oh man, we'll stop by. See that dog's still there. So (laughs) we're coming up the road and I, I, I go, I'm coming up on the, the turn for it. And I said, did you really want to go see that dog? If that dog was still there? And she goes, yeah, if you want to. So I was like, well, I don't know. So I, I go past the turn and she looks at me. <laughs> I guess you don't want to go see that dog. So I turn around. <laughs> we, had, we had Kai with us. And yeah. uh, so we go see him. And yeah, he was a, uh, he was that day we brought him home and actually he turned out to be he's he was about one year old so he's a puppy he was a pain to dick for a little while but he's mm-hmm. to be fair he's actually fantastic he's kai's best friend and he was the the missing puzzle piece we needed to be able to actually leave the house without our dog freaking the fuck out yeah. <laughs> but i thought that was funny that you said that because like like i said it's, i get blamed for one of the cats that we have who's annoying but yeah uh, the first time we saw Odin, it's always the funny story how he's just sitting there air humping <laughs> this blanket with his, a mouthful of this blanket. He's perfect. Hilarious. Really? Really? This one? <laughs> oh, well, he's a good boy. He's curled up right next to me actually right now. So Awesome. Anyway, um, where the hell were we? Eric? Tangent. All right. Back on the PJ. Yeah, back on the, back on the track. I don't know. P-Jack. What are your guys' thoughts on this the whole thing about the... Well, how long have they been threatening that eventually those borders were going to close? I, I mean, this the is something... The problem is now we have COVID-19. That's happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just Eric, like how... saw, Eric saw my thoughts in the, in the group chat. Okay. And um, here's the thing. As Owen said, for decades now, it's been a threat of stupid shit. S- up until six months ago, I would have said not a chance to hell anything's ever happened. You might lose – it would have been based on other countries, like right. uh, Madagascar is going to shut down or something. You know what I mean? Sure. Yep. yep. Up until, that was up until six months ago. I now am going to – I almost want to be like Babe Ruth calling the shot and be like, we're going to lose imports here because – and here's why. The economic hit right now the country's taking mm. based on wildlife – is huge. So politics is going to overreact. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. If you look at Florida, all the shit with Florida they try to do is always based off of, off of bad science. Yep. This isn't like this. It's a real thing. Like dis- diseases that do eventually go from an animal to a human. Sure. Or something like that. They're not going to care that this came from a bat. They're not going to care what this came from. They're going to go fucking wild. And I, I, right think it's going to end bad for us. I, I don't know, but like I said, up till six months ago, not a shot in hell. I would have, I would have said this now yeah. seeing the way things have gone. I would be very surprised if they don't shut down international exotic pet trade. Uh, at some yeah. point. 
I mean, it's when it comes to certain things, like uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they, I mean, we've all gotten the things from, you know, uh, insert name here from such and such place. And he's offering you 10,000 euro mastics and a box of spotted genets. And you're like a box of genets. Like I, <laughs> I don't understand. Satchel. I don't even or know he's what like, genet is. Owen, but oh, well, Google it. have fun. No, it's, um, but it's like that where it's like, that this is an animal that you don't know what this guy's health records are or credentials and this, that, and the other thing. So uh, in theory, you'd say that it would stop those kinds of things where it's the, the dudes who run out of the bush and grab it and do nothing to make sure that the animal is healthy, throw it in a box and send it. But like Boleyn's hatch place. I mean, that's <laughs> whoops. Did I see that? <laughs> whoops. I mean, it's whatever. Um, but that's, kind of how it goes like you would hope they would shut down that but they're not going to pinpoint it that way like, they're not going to take the trouble to try to make sure that they they exactly hit that they're just going to do a blanket ban and then we're going to have to fight to get things back like first thing we're going to fight to get back is breeder to breeder like you know uh, nick's international shipments from paul like we're going to have to do that and there's probably going to be a ton more restrictions and that kind of stuff now of you know, vet records and this, that, and the other thing. Um, well, this would write that out. Plus, it would. It would. You know, Bushmaster. Yeah. Uh, uh, Outback. It's like, you know, but here's the thing. It's like, this is not anything new. And this is something that if you're, if you're behind the veil, you've seen this coming. Because, like, when people believe that Savannah monitors in the United States have a breeding season, they don't. That's just when the babies come in. So if you're if you watch carefully, babies come in in like November, but then like everybody's like, oh, my eggs hatched in December. And that's bullshit like that's yeah. No. And that that same thing happens with Nile monitors and other things like that. And they bring in a ton of baby lizards and shit like that. And you, you got to think about that kind of stuff where I, I'm kind of I'm always torn with this because I, I think like part of me thinks like. Think of ball pythons. Like, mm. you really need to be importing ball pythons. But the there could be a new project out there, Eric. No. It, so well, here's the that. here's the interesting perspective on that, actually, because you guys know me. Gonna, yeah. You guys know me. I normally yeah. I'm the first person that says you don't fucking need any more ball pythons. You're fucking <laughs> stupid. It's the people but, that collect them, right? <laughs> but in in a in a thread that I actually said that shit somewhere. Yeah. Steven Tillis jumped in and okay. he said, Listen, I've been there. Right. I'll be honest with you, I think if the trade goes away, the ball pythons actually go extinct. Holy balls. Because because it because it, it the economics of it switches from the pet trade to now they're gonna eat the motherfuckers. Now they're not going to go extinct, obviously, because they're fucking everywhere in the U.S. But you you understand what I'm saying? Yes, they'll be extinct yeah, yeah, yeah. in the wild. It, their their population in the wild would just get destroyed because now the economics of it are away from making money on the trade to skin trade, probably too. Right? Or Something yeah, like skin that, trade yeah. switch yeah. between skin. Although I'll tell you what, maybe a good side of it would be a skin trade will go away if COVID yeah. that well, everything happens. Guarantee it. The skin I mean, trade, anything with animal parts will go away. Well, you got to think about it this way. Is how I, We don't really kind of focus on that, but how much, How many times do you think herpticulture, U.S. herpticulture, has devastated a wild population of, like, let's say, like an island species or something like that? A lot. I mean, like, what was it? Well, uh, think of the monkey tails. tails. 
yeah. Well, remember when uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Garrett. Garrett. Warner, and he was yeah. He was like. About, uh, you know, the, the, or maybe I listened to him on one of his podcasts. I don't know. Anyway, I think he, was, he was talking, he was about, talking about it here. Yeah. He, yeah. He was talking about how on this island, it's like this small island. And like, you can't imagine that there can be tons of, of these retics on these islands. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as it becomes the popular quote unquote locale, yeah. you know, they go and get just like, you know, they empty the island out. Yeah. If, yep. it, if it's an island with, if it's an island with only like a, a couple hundred retics and it becomes popular and you go and you take 80 for all you know you've done irreparable damage to the wild population like it's am i am i wrong to think like i mean scott you're working with malukans i only have southern scrubs at this point I'm kind of i have none scrub so, thing, but yeah. like the whole thing of like not really like i don't really push too much that i have them because i'm tr- i don't i it kind of sounds almost elitist to say this, but like not everybody should have them. And like, it's going to, I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking out loud with this. So if I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm glad you no, went here. Keep, so keep rolling, keep rolling. But, but you're going to like have this all of a sudden, this drive to go and work with this species that really people may not be on the level to really work with or really understand exactly what is entailed to keep this species. I mean, if people that are, you know, have tons and tons of experience are having trouble establishing these species, do you really think that some kid that just got on Facebook, you know, has a thousand bucks that he's willing to spend is going to be able, you know, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud, but like, I I don't know. It's almost like you want to try to like keep it under wraps until you have a established captive born and bred population in the state. Yeah, dude, I'm going to leave all the white lip groups on that because I swear to God, if I see one more where it's like the, there's a strange bump on my white lips head. What do I do? And I'm like, what? <laughs> or it's the like, oh, it, it was soaking in its own pee for three days and now it's got these blisters on it. It's like, are you kidding me? Like it's, there's dude, a lot the white, of this. The white lips are funny because right now they're suffering because of yeah. They've gone viral so easily with good uh, pictures of them. Kills me. Sure. I mean, they're because they're stunning snakes. They're and gorgeous. when people get great pictures of them, it goes viral. You see it everywhere. Yeah. But they're and psychotic at the same time. I don't dude, understand. <laughs> listen to me on every single podcast I've spoken about white lips, and I say the same thing. I love them and I fucking hate them. At the same time. Yep. <laughs> you're right. There are a lot of good ones, but man. When they suck, they suck. They suck. Yeah, and yeah. not only that, they're a next level of care. Like, yeah. they poop more. You got to keep them hydrated. Like, Humidity's got to be up or they will Yeah, like, it's, it's every different. Time. So, like, yeah. it's not as easy as other stuff. You can't just go out and buy one and be like, I'm going to keep this snake just like I keep my ball python. Yeah, it works in tubs, actually, pretty well. But, like, mm. they are a different animal. Like, and... People don't realize that because they see the pictures online, how nice they look. That's hey, that's what suckered me in fucking eighteen yeah. years ago or whatever it was that when I got my first one. They can I, also very easily get overweight or too big. I mean, dude, it, and their metabolism is weird. Like yeah. growing them up, when you grow them up, it's like they grow fast and like they can they use them in those calories. You gotta cut it, yeah. But like, there's yeah, there's that weird point where like they digest fast, so you think their metabolism's fast. But mm-hmm. like you said, they get overweight real fast, mm-hmm. yeah. and like that's why everyone's got monster idiots. <laughs> that's where I keep. That's where I kept messing up. It's all of a sudden this thing's eighteen feet long. Like no, it's, um, yeah, it's like that. So it, it, it's just it's one of those next levels where if you look at all the proven breeding 
um, black phase and white and gold phase. They're, they're not huge. They're not yeah. big animals because you got to think about where they're from and how these things got to be up in the trees or they're dead. So they're a lean body, large headed python. Yeah. I'm glad Eric brought that up, though, is the fact that. Yeah. Here's the thing. At this point, in the last six months, everything has changed. Mm-hmm. Things may shut down. We may not get anything else in the country at some point here in the next 12 months, 16 months. Who knows when they would do it. But if you have just one Malukan scrub, <laughs> one Bolines, maybe it's time to get those animals into the hands of the people that can do it. Yeah, but how many people do you think are going to be the sitting there and do the whole, well, I'm the person to breed this? Because, I mean, how many, there are tons of people on these white lip groups who are, I need a gold phase or I need a black phase for my male or my female. And it's like, well, what have you guys bred before? Corn well, that's just it. Everyone wants, and it's, everyone wants to. My favorite is who, who's a, a white lip breeder? Right. And it's a it's basically like a list of two to three people. Ryan and then Chad. And yeah, then, Chad and then uh, uh, Tom Keogan. There you go. I would say, say that's a three. That's it. That's it. Everybody because else got lucky. You, and yeah, anyone else who's only bred them once, you're not a breeder, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I kind of go with the whole thing of you're not really a breeder until you've bred a second generation of the animals you produced. Yep. But Ryan at this point is by far, he's crushing it. This, yeah. yeah. So like when they are like I need a breeder and I'm like well, there's really a short list because I don't I think Chad Chad I don't is Tom Chad, still working with Chad sold his Tom I think just sold his I'm not sure if he still has some and he's just kind of keeping it low but uh, he had a pair of gold phase uh, proven pair of gold phase at Daytona. Yeah, um, my favorite is they ask for a breeder and everyone starts giving importers, and I'm like, no. Well, I don't. I, don't, I want breeder. to say that Dan has a ton of adults, and I'm not sure if he's breeding them at his farm over in Indo and then importing the babies. Like, yeah, I don't know what Dan's doing, but if 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 I were Dan, that's what I would be doing. Because why? It's going to work better over there. Fuck it. Lying. So it's like, um, but it, it, I heard that he said that. Uh, Seven of the nine are like almost all of the farms will not survive COVID. Probably not. I mean, so the price on everything's going to go up. Of course, dude. The price is already going up. Blackface white lips went from five hundred bucks a piece to twelve hundred dollars for babies imports. Yeah, which is going to make them even more. Song. And it's gonna kill me because I have a lone male that's sitting here going, "What do we do now, boss?" And it's like nothing. Well, you do nothing. This so. is sort of uh, this is sort of my feeling, and you know this um, mm. uh, because you're in the chat with me and Riley. But um, oh, and yes. you, you know, um, I told Riley because he has a male pop one, and I have a female. Yeah, I lost my male, yeah. so I'm sending him my female. Yeah, dude, that's and, how. You know, the hope is, is that, you know, he's going to be able to, you know, because he's going to establish it and breed it and, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, but, um, but yeah, like, because otherwise, who else, who else, who in the country, who in the U.S., it's the same thing. I can think of three people off the top of my head that have breeding pairs of uh, popwin pythons. But that's the thing where it's like, you got to understand where it's like. And they're people, not olives. <laughs> they're not olives. But you got to understand, it's like people 
you know, higher, it, it, it's not something new to send an animal to somebody who's actually going to have success. I mean, KJ got the Dunai. And what was he going to do? Sit there and be like, oh, I hope one day I'll get a Dunai. No, he sent it to Ryan because Ryan had the Dunai and Ryan could do it. And they produced the Dunai. And then Nick sent him a Dunai. And now Ryan's got two clutches of Dunai on, under At his belt. At this point, we should ask Ryan what he needs. Well, he, what do you want, Ryan? Pythons, Ryan, we'll what send, do you someone need? Someone send it to him. <laughs> Whatever he needs, send it to him. Yeah. Ryan, how many buildings Maybe. would you like? And how, what do we have to do to get it for you? God damn. It's... I mean, Scott, send him the Malukans. See, that's just going to set him back. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess, like, you know, I, you know, so, so you have that whole thing that comes into play, which kind of fits into this whole idea of, of breeding these difficult species. Because, well, sometimes breeding difficult species is just because, like you guys said, some of them suck, you know. And I, I've yeah. said this before. You know, we all love like the way certain species look and we dream of like working with them. But then you work with them and you realize that they, you know, well, these are why these aren't that popular because they kind of <laughs> suck. Well, hey, <laughs> <You know? laughs> dragon rat snakes are the most beautiful snakes out there. I will never work with them because I don't want to have to do the whole, well, you have to feed it live tadpoles and pass. Like right. it's, no. Yeah, so, to me, that's not something that you would ever want to, I mean, how do you work? With it's not feasible for me. A captive, born and bred animal that, you know, is going to be at a reptile show. If that's, yeah. I mean, I don't know. If you're a frog breeder, it probably works out great. I am not that. <laughs> so I cannot do that. So it's, it's just the way it is. I mean, and. I'm only uh, breeding these frogs so I can. I'm only breeding these frogs so I can feed them to my snake. Yeah, like, no, I can't. I can't become good at breeding frogs just to keep a snake. Like it's. But but it's just the way it is. Where it's like I, I almost wish that rarer species would be bred. But I also wish that some people would understand that you're not the person to breed it, and what you're doing is holding on to a male or female that should go to somebody who can produce it. Yeah, even if they kick you back half of the clutch, that's mean, fine. <laughs> that's or, fine. You know, a pair or a couple pairs, whatever. whatever it but I it's mean, just like. Everybody thinks they're the wizard at it, and it. Some, well, it, some people I, might get lucky, and some people are really it, passionate. But I, I think it goes back to I don't know what show I said this on either, but like the whole idea of, you know, in order to have any kind of credibility, I think people are led that they need to work with um, a specific species, and all of a sudden you'll have credibility because you're working with this this species, or whatever the, that species would be. Yeah, but they work with it, but then they also post everything. I mean, Scott has white lips and Malukans, and he barely posts anywhere. You know? It's... Well, that's nice of you, because I feel like I post a lot. <laughs> yeah, but you're not not—you're not the kind of person that... Well, I think you should be the kind of person that people are talking about when it comes to, like, scrub care and white lips and things like that. But you're not the, oh. you're not the word that... You're not the name that rolls off the tongue. It's always... Somebody else who guy. What? <laughs> You're Shut a up. go-to guy, Scott. I mean, if I think I, well, Malukans, he, no, he should be. Scott. That's what I'm saying is he should be because he's got gorgeous cages. He's got those huge perches in there. They're both great-looking animals, and he did better with Malukans than I ever freaking did. So, you know, it's like he should be the kind of person to go to, but I'm pretty sure they go to somebody 
who has one Malukin in an aquarium in like their apartment that they kept for maybe two months. No, not for Malukins. There's not enough uh, of them. Okay. No, that ain't happening with Malukins. There's a short list. I'm on it. I promise you. <laughs> Believe me, by the messages I get, I'm still on the list of. I, I everyone's like, what? Everyone's like, can I get on the list? I'm like, no. What I'm, list? I I may never produce these. Man. It's not that easy. It's not. That's the thing that people don't understand. But and, and actually, I made this mistake when I was younger, and that's how I ended up with a wild caught white lip. Was I? Not everything is bred. There's not a breeder for everything. There's yeah. just not. There's people trying. There's probably someone in the country or the world trying for everything, but there's not a breeder for everything. That's why I try to tell people with white lips. And that's what happened to me when I got my first white lip. I walked into the pet store, and I've been this – that's how you know how long I've been this asshole that I like different things. It's 18 years because I, I had a ball python, a boa, and an IJ, mm-hmm. and I walked in the pet store. And, ah, I want something different, man. Like I want something not everybody else has. And my friend Todd said, oh, there's a, there's white lip pythons on the list. And that is pretty cheap. I'm like, oh, sure. And that, well, no, I went home first that night and Googled white lip python and hmm. did what everyone else does now. Holy fuck, that's a beautiful snake, right? Well, well <laughs> I, I was young and stupid. I thought everything was a baby. I thought everything was bred. Well, he calls me a week later and says, your snake's here. Because it's fucking big. I'm like, What? Dude, this thing, it wasn't actually, oh, and you've, you and I have definitely seen bigger white lips because you had bigger ones, but it was probably. I have six, a bigger one. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, this was a wild caught female, about yeah. six and a half, six and a half foot, you know, yeah. nothing stupid, but dude, just insane. Yeah. Insane. I mean, and we've both had bad white lips, but this was like, An she animal. never would stop hitting the glass. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I think that's what happens now is like, people are like, who breeds this? And it's like, you don't understand. There's things that people don't breed. Like yeah. people have gotten lucky with Malukins and there's two, I can think of two off the top of my head that maybe have had more than one stroke of luck. Um, but there's not a whole lot of lucky people out there right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's a fucking, it's a nightmare, but well, when you look at um, a lot of these species, that uh, most of them, at least if we're talking pythons, are coming from Indonesia, and like, yeah, for the most part, the temp varies very little from season to season. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between like the longest day and the shortest day, I think, is like forty-eight minutes. Um, so th- the main variable is not temp or air pressure, but it really comes down to rainfall, dry season, rainy season, you know. Food, um, yeah. Uh, so when you think about that, you kind of think like, well, what would be triggering this, you know, why, why isn't this species breeding, you know, like the rest of my pythons are? Like, why aren't they breeding like my jungle carpets or, you know? Um, Dude, d- let me tell you something. It, it yeah. drives me crazy because I got the mm-hmm. jungles, right? Yeah. And not to brag, but like jungles in my setup and how I do things and like maybe why I am a bit of a dick in jungle discussions when people want to talk is because like I don't do anything. I just put them together. I know when to put them together from what I see. Right. They, they do what they got to do. Right. I have my room so dialed in and it's – um, I, let me knock on what as I say this. It's fucking mm-hmm. easy. It's fucking easy. Yeah. Like for, for me, not for now. Everyone's room's different. There's certain things in my room that I found, uh, like mossy leaf tail geckos did shitty in my room. Uh, 
you know, things like that. Not every room is created equal, but for me right. and my setup and how I have things tuned, jungles are, dude, it's for me right now, it's easy. I put them together at the same time of the year. I, I don't watch them. Like everyone's like, Oh, my snake locked up 12 times. I don't, I don't see a single lock anymore. Cause I don't pay attention soon. Soon. late eggs this year. And I'm letting her incubate. I didn't see him for a week until I fucked with her. Like I just, I knew they laid. Right. And, uh, have, about two, have you ahead. changed? Yeah. Like, like, like this is how I know I've changed. And I know Eric changed Like Scott, have you changed from like, this is your, however many number clutched of jungles and you're like, Oh, eggs. Like you're like, and you're like back on with the rest of my day where in the past the world would have stopped and you would have been like measuring out substrate like grain <laughs> at a time and made sure everything was dialed in. Like I made sure the incubator was plugged in and then I just chucked them in there. And I'm like, yeah, it's, has that changed for you? <laughs> hundred percent. I don't okay. pay attention anymore. <laughs> Eggs are laid as long as I usually let the female do it. Cause I don't, I don't breed my stuff a lot, a lot. I try not to. And so if the female's doing it, yeah, like I, I don't even, I don't pay attention, uh, until they hatch and I don't have to pay attention because once it gets to like day 55, Val will be checking for me. Trust me. <laughs> baby season. Dude, she doesn't fucking care about jungles. She hates jungles, but she like wants the babies. Yeah. <laughs> she loves baby season. So like she, she's the one who told me, uh, sooner laid eggs. I got a text at work and she's like, oh, sooner dropped her eggs. She's wrapped around them. I can't see him, but she's definitely uh, beehive. And then, like I said, same thing happens all the time. She'll walk in the room in the morning or something. She'll come back in and say, oh, she's loosened up. There's heads popping out. Mm. It's sooner laid eggs. Scott's reply is sooner was gravid. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, what? I she, no, no, I knew that was, that was, that was with clip. So like three years ago, oh, okay, <laughs> that was a fuck up. No, I knew she was gravid this year. She was, I, I, this year, that was when we moved in the new house and, some things were going on and I was like, ah, and fucking, I put spark with Calypso for 24 hours. That was it. Yeah, that was it. And I yeah. took him out and said, you know what? Fuck this. We just moved. I don't, I bred her the year before. I'm not doing this. A <laughs> couple months, a couple months later, I'm looking at her one night. I'm like, fuck, she looks heavy on that perch. Yeah. And, uh, I took her out for something and I'm, I'm looking at her. And I'm like, oh, Val, no. come here. She, she, <laughs> my wife comes in and she's like, um, yeah, she's fucking huge. And she laid eggs the next day. Yep. Wow. It's that uh, was accidental. There's the caramel uh, clutch I just had, where it's like um, the caramel jag combated with the exanic male, which first led me to believe that something was wrong with that pair, because a boy and a girl don't combat. So I threw the caramel jag in with my female caramel just to see. And I come, I'm like, I'm like, Eric, just go in there. And I come back down and they're locked. And I'm like, shit, no, I didn't want to actually So yeah, it can the happen. Time, the only time I pay attention to locks is when I have a, uh, an unproven pair or an unproven one of the sex, you know, yeah, like that makes sense. A proven one, because then I feel like, okay, <laughs> at least it's a pair. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all the adults here, for the most part, I know what they are. So I'm like, yeah, right. That makes sense though. Like, yeah, if you if you don't know and you want to see, sure. Yeah, but, but to seg, but to segue to what Eric was getting at, was, yeah. uh, it pisses me off because fucking jungles. I have I have jungles where it's that where it's it's like uh, it's my thing, and then you got the Malukans, which just fuck with my head year in and year out now. But 
Now, every year, at the, do you change things every year, or do you just try to keep it consistent every year to get them onto the same beat? I've moved further towards keeping the same. If I make okay. a change, I try to do a small change. And it's yeah. weird because, like, you guys were talking about Ryan and um, fucking Nick messaged me like a month ago about something to do with scrubs, and he's he him and Ryan have both said like, oh, like you know, I feel positive about you because like like little change and and. Mm-hmm being consistent, I feel like you're going to have success. But then I'm friends with fucking Keith McPeak too, who like will make these long posts and it's like, fuck this motherfucker is thinking on a whole nother level. You can't get on Keith level. No, he built a tunnel. He built a tunnel for his mail to go yeah, in between. Like, like, no, that's a different he's, level. He's the opposite where it's, <laughs> there's a lot of things, but it's too much change sometimes for me. Like, so I've moved away from making changes to, at this point, I'm not even dropping temps in the cages. Mm. Um, other, other than now, other than uh, my normal room temp okay. uh, changes, but um, I'm doing less changes. Like I, I, she's in a cage. I'd like to put her in a bigger cage, but at this point, I'm not moving her because I don't want to fuck up the like you said, just consistency yeah, of things. Thing. I'd like to I'd like to put them together for the whole year, but I can't. It's <laughs> it's weird though. Think, go ahead, Alex. I mean, it's weird though because like I was not getting the olives, and then I watched a bunch of videos from the guys over in Australia, and they were talking about how far they drop theirs, and I realized that I have not dropped mine anywhere near those temperatures, because I was dropping them to normal uh, Python temps. You know, it's seventy whatever they're dropping them down close to 50 and I'm like, Holy shit. So this year I well, like unplugged everything and let them go down low and I got eggs. But what's so, weird about that is yeah, that got, they don't get that cold in the, it doesn't, get I know in the outback. It doesn't, but it's, I don't know. I really don't know, but it's, that's, See, that, that's a works. good segue into something I did want to bring up. And I feel like it's not discussed anywhere. Mm. Although I heard Eric mention it on one of the podcasts you did recently, which, by the way, you did a fantastic job. It was a whole bunch of stuff that, like, I've thought of for a while, <laughs> and you were saying it all. And I was like, I was like, fuck, this motherfucker, I love what he's saying. I'll drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just took a drink. But anyway, um, yeah, what the fuck? What were you saying? I just fucked it up. I just forgot what I was going to say. What, what did you say? Oh, about... oh, oh. Yes, got it. Yeah, so something I feel like really has not been discussed is microhabitats, microclimates. Yes. Yes. And that is huge and could be part of the key for rare species to read them. Because, for instance, I don't fucking know fuck all about Malukans in their natural habitat for how they use their habitat. Right. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is I can look at all the climate data I want and I have believe me people said people send me have you seen this I fucking have seen all this climate data sites it's yes I've seen it now I say this because it's you guys mentioned how dropping their temperatures those those species temperatures uh someone who is has been successful a couple times Malukans drops them down to about 60 right I do that to get them to breed easily like the first couple times of the year, uh, our downstairs gets to low 60s. Okay. I'll put my Malukans into a tub, like a big a big tote tub uh, that I, we got, mm-hmm. and I'll bring them downstairs and sit them in the living room while we watch TV. 
And every year, every year like clockwork, Midas is like on. He's like, let's breed. Now, the cage isn't that cold, but I've brought them down to the temperature, and then I'll put them back in her cage, and he locks her up every year almost like clockwork. I know people do bring them down colder. Now, I say this because when you look at the climate data of the islands the Malukans are from, there's not – the temperatures, just like you said, aren't that low. Yeah. But – how are they using the habitat? Are they in some rocks somewhere? Are they in the trees? I mean, Malukans are semi-arboreal. But also, you have to consider, and I had this conversation with uh, Chris Foley and Ryan Young years ago on uh, really Python forum. You have to consider where the weather data is coming from. Yes. A yeah. lot of these places, the weather data is coming from where the people are, which is the city. Right. You don't realize how big of a change you can get in weather up in the mountains where the snake might be, depending on the species. It's all different, of course. Right. And um, But there might be a big difference in weather and where that snake is compared to where the data is coming in, you know, so the websites or the online stuff. So the challenge with the Malukans right now is uh, – I don't have an Ari Flagel going over there. <laughs> I'll tell you what, those motherfuckers don't give him enough credit, man. No, they do not. Man. God, you, know. you are getting fucking data up the ass straight from a goddamn female on eggs, like where she is and all that. Like, priceless. He, it's, yeah, it's priceless for those guys. And you don't have that from Lucans. And believe me, I, me and Val have looked at traveling to where they're from, and it's, it's just not something that. I don't know. Maybe I'll start looking again. But the last time we looked, it just some. It wasn't something feasible for our lifestyle. Like mm. we can't. Like Ari has talked about sometimes trying to fly in and fly out. Right. Yeah. You might be stuck for two weeks. We can't do that. Right. Yeah. You know we have we have life here, so we have to get back to the dogs and and work and all that. I I can't I can't go to this island. And be like, oh, the plane can't get back today. <laughs> oh, it can't get back this week. <laughs> what was it? It was, uh, it was a Cameron from Bushmaster. He's like, you know, I was supposed to leave the island or whatever, like yeah. a week, and the boat kept not coming. And it's like, oh, yeah. So it's. It, and the yeah. Malukan Islands are exactly like that from everything I read. Um, if there's somebody out here who listens to this and, and has a way that it's not, let me know because I'll fucking sign up, up ASAP. But uh, we looked into it because she was looking – we were looking into vacation somewhere, and she looked up prices for resorts there. And the prices for, like, nice resorts there were cheap. I mean, yeah. per night, really cheap. Right. But getting in and out or paying the dick. And then also you got to deal with uh, a lot of power outages and shit like that, which right. Would you depends who you are can be a pain. Is that how it goes? I'd have to look again. It probably – Probably, yeah. Take a horrific at, bus trip or something from well, Jakarta. Well, at some point you're on a at some point you're on a puddle jumper to to the Moluccan Islands, right. and that's where the real problem comes in. That because those puddle jumpers are like like Ari said and like others have said, uh, who knows what the schedule could be? They might not be able to fly and weather and such and such and exactly. Yeah. You know, usually when we do a vacation, we're scheduled to get back. A certain day, I'm gonna go back to work. She's gonna go back to work. <laughs> I can't right. spend the whole another week on the other you'd side of the to, world. Yeah, you'd have to leave a like three day buffer just in case something goes wrong. Yeah, you know. I'll yeah. say this, I, you know, 
you know, Owen, you, you experienced this, but like, you know, yes. when, so I've been to three different climates of carpet pythons that, that have been. Yes. And I can't tell you how different the three of them are, but yet they're, you know, they all breed kind of the same. Like when we were in, you know, we talk about all the time about humidity and all this stuff, but I can tell you firsthand that it was humid as shit. Yes. Where the jungles are at. Oh. I mean, it was straight up humid. Like it had to be 80% humidity. Does that matter? Well, let me ask not. you this. Let me ask <laughs> right. you this. Yeah. We all know how close genetically are, they are to coastals at this point. If you yeah. go down into some coastal territory, like where does it get dry? Does it matter that much? I don't. Well, no. It was still humid. It wasn't as humid, but like when I would, so we went and saw that coastal in Brisbane, and mm. that was a much cooler uh, than when we were up in the gelatin territory. Jungles. I mean, the humidity was different. They, like we even went when we walked into uh, where we found the cassowary. When we went there, the humidity there was even more. Like I was drenched in sweat. That's how, and then within, but just walking, I think we walked like maybe a mile, and then all of a sudden the environment changed. It was completely different. Well, well it was and I think, night and I day think carpets, in Darwin. Yeah, I think carpets are the worst species to discuss this because they're yeah. that adaptable. I would agree. I know. I, I understand that, but I'm just talking as far as like um, micro. <sighs> Microhabitat, microhabitats micro in these environments and just like how different. Now, when we're up in the Darwin territory, it's just dry and hot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right. That's, but then that's all it is, it's just but then dry you didn't see the animals until the sun went down and it got close to 70 and it was cool. Like, so dude, if, yeah. we would be dying and then the sun would go down and I'd be like, oh, I can keep walking. Like I was this the, close to being like, I want to die to. All right. Now we're good. Like, yeah. it, that's just the way it is. Very few animals did we see, really, during the heat, like the major heat of the day. Lizards. Most of the lizards and yeah. mammals we saw were during the but daytime. even that was undercover. Yeah. Most of that we were walking through, like, at least there were trees above us where the sun was yeah. shining right down. But, I mean, like, wherever the sun was just, like, the sun. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, do you remember anything? Uh, the, the, the flying foxes, the entire colony was in that group of trees underneath the creek because it was unbearable outside of that anywhere else. Like it was. Yeah. So so I guess like to me, like, OK, so if you're looking at an animal like from Indonesia and even I would say even from the top end of Australia, Papua New Guinea, all that area. Right. Do you think that that maybe the reason why we're not experiencing and this is just a thought right mm. we all know that ryan has great success with breeding pythons but he's also like every other day there's a snowstorm that rolls through his <laughs> area right yeah is it possible that they respond to the rainfall or the air pressure more than anything i mean well, uh, he might be in the right spot. <laughs> like, this, is, this is why I'm saying to you guys, like, maybe, like, we're trying to breed these species in the winter, right? We're trying yeah. to breed them, and we're trying to fit them into the box that we know, rather than trying to maybe, you know, like, if springtime is the best, or maybe it's the summertime, or whatever time of year where you experience the most precipitation in your area, maybe that's the time to do it. Well, you I mean, you got to think about it. If Ryan's white lip eggs are hatching now... That means they were laid two months ago. 
So when did the female ovulate? I don't know. You want me to I mean, <laughs> yeah, why not? But no, it's got to be. You guys ever try to backtrack from when the babies come into the country to when that means they might have hatched in the wild? Cause no, I, I did. No, I yes. have not. And you're insane. I have. Um, 100%. Well, dear God. But, and it's funny because Eric, when Eric, there was another discussion in the group chat, but when Eric first asked me <laughs> to try to change the subject, which was good, I liked it. He said, how are the Malukans? Or no, someone else said, how are the Malukans? And I said, dude, I could talk for six hours. And it's, it's, I feel bad because some people might listen to this. And I hope they, what they get from this is the, the thought processes that go into this. Yes. But every little thing you have to look at and then make a judgment call on how you want to proceed. And I keep asking myself, all right, what's biologically needed for an animal to reproduce? Mm-hmm. It's no different from a carpet python to a scrub python to a fucking it, – it should not make a difference biologically. You need right. temp, a certain temperature, which is going to be different. It may right. be different. I mean it's going to be different for blood python to a jungle carpet. But you need temperature. You need food intake, a, a calories. Um and that's where, like, when Eric's like, oh, yeah, and I was like, oh, six hours of talk is because I, I look at different things. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question, actually, I just thought of. Mm. Is it cheating if you use a uh, – fuck, I've been drinking enough. I can't remember. The fucking shit you look at for uh, follicles. Oh, an ultrasound? Yes. Is it cheating if you ultrasound a female of a rare no. python? No, I think it's because then you're going to at least – like, how many times do we think – Listen, I suck at finding ovulation swells, and I suck at finding gra- – like, I, I suck at it. I know I do. Well, I so, suck at uh, palpating. I'm yeah, terrible at it. It, it, it just – everybody's got their own hang-up. So I – like, by the way, Ryan's white lips, they probably ovulated in December or January because I just backtracked from when the babies. So that's <laughs> sooner than I would have expected. So anyway um, – so it just kind of goes down to it is that, that would have been around the time that he was probably getting a lot of snow. Probably. So, you know, I'm going to put my webs together and then hit him with a hose every other day. So, um, <laughs> breed damn you. But it's, um, it, 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 it's, I don't think it's cheating because I think it's the idea of now I'm going to make sure that the male is there because there's still room for error. They still might not breathe. They still might not. They still might go to the opposite ends of the cages and stare at each other. But at least I know that she's at that point was when he should be going in there with her. And to be honest with certain things like uh, rare lizards or rare turtles and stuff, that might be your only chance to figure out when it's time to put the boy in. So, um, I think we should all just split money and get one ultrasound that we just keep around robbing through each other. I've been saying that. I'm gonna group yeah. message. I'm gonna group chat. You group me. You do that. Uh, <laughs> with, I'm gonna group chat with uh, with Chris and uh, my buddy Dan. And I think I've said that to him at least five times. I'm like, can we just all put our fucking money together here? He's all in. Chris is in Ohio now. Forget that guy. Oh, I know. You know, I know. Call, you call me. <laughs> so it's. Uh... Well, we've talked. Me and Owen have talked about that, and I don't think it's cheating. But I think the thing that so. I, my thought is this, that there's certain things that you will learn to see without using a tool like that 
that once you start using the tool, you might not necessarily pick up on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of like, I kind of equate, here I go again, we're equating everything to playing guitar. But like, yeah. if you got a Les Paul as your first guitar, right? You're going to play it. It's just going to sound great and everything's going to be good. But like when you learn on a shitty guitar, you have to, you have to compensate for the fact that these strings are like the action is so high. The one string rings out all the time. So you have to sort of like, you know, maneuver your hand in a way. You have to come up with these techniques to produce beautiful sound. Whereas with just having a Les Paul mint, you know, vintage Les Paul or whatever guitar you choose is it's so easy to play. But, but when you go to pick up that guitar that's the Les Paul, if you play the shitty one for three years trying to learn how to play, it's going to be that much easier when you're playing on the Les Paul. Right. So sense. so we've all produced pythons. Can we please get an ultrasound? <laughs> like, sure. At this point, right. at this point, we're doing I don't okay. Understand why the guy, I don't understand why you guys don't have one. Like, I, uh, do you have one asshole. you haven't told me about? No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, for guys that really are focused well, on trying to breed these rare species, to me, that would be, like, the, the biggest investment that you could make. Because well, here's the thing. Part missing, of me I've wants, looked at them. I've looked the at reason them. I ask, the reason I ask is because part of me wants to be, like, I'm reading the behavior enough to do it without it. That being said, it goes back to the question which you originally asked in the group chat and you asked tonight again is, do we think the season – are we pairing them the wrong time of the season? Right. Also, how long is she receptive? Like she may only be, she might be swelling and then the time might be nigh like for well, three days. I actually brought that up once with, I said, you know, we were watching a, a zoo show or something and tiger uh, receptibility is like 48 hours or some shit. They have to be within that window. Yep. Right. Yep. So what if what if there are snakes that are like that where they have to be paired and breed in this window for it all to go to plan? Sure. That's another yeah. thing. No. But it is. when it, Eric has brought up and it's something I have started to consider more and more is is the timing of the season. Are we pairing them at the wrong time of the season? Unfortunately, I there's no way I can pair them up cohabbing. Uh, mm. I know the first time Helms were were bred at the zoo. They were, uh, to my knowledge, they were cohabbed, I believe for two years or three years or something like that. They were cohabbed for a yeah, while. For a while. Yeah. So that, that cohabbing to me, the reason to cohab a rare species is be, because of that exact question, Eric, is you don't know this. You don't know the season really. You're expecting the animal to line up to the, uh, pheromones and the hormones and everything to line up together. And, that to me is the reason would be the reason to cohab is mm. to have the animals together when they're supposed to be together. Right. Him to be producing viable sperm at the same time she is receptive because she might be ovulating and he might not have anything like, and that's exactly. something else too. So, I, so yeah, I don't go, go ahead, Scott. Well, the problem here is during the winter season when I I've, I've paired them, it's it's actually nice because as soon as you stop feeding them for a while, and I I heard Ariana Ariana on a podcast discuss this bullings. If you're not overfeeding them and you don't feed them a lot, their food response goes way down. Mm. And I have that with Malukans during the winter. Once I stop feeding them for a while, dude, there's no food response. You can go in now the cage. 
there's no food response during breeding season here. The problem is now. <laughs> now it's, it's, it's yeah, it's gangbusters. Dude, it's I can go in that room right now and both scrubs will be at the glass like feeding. Yeah. So the problem is, I, and I've seen it before years ago when I kept venomous species. You know, you walk in the room the wrong night and all of a sudden they're both on and they bite each other. Yeah, you know, that's lips. a problem. Yep. So that's why I don't feel comfortable cohabbing them all year. So if I were to get an ultrasound, like you said, you might be able to optimize what you're doing. Now, up until now, I wouldn't have given a shit. It's more of the, I want the challenge. I'd like to be able to read the animal. But the, the unfortunate thing is we may run out of time here now of imports. Correct. The time We may run out of time of being able to get more blood in. It, it may be important to put everything aside and we need to figure this out ASAP step up the game. Yeah. 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 I mean, you would think, I mean, they're, they're from an Island. They're an Island species. Um, I, I can, I can't imagine like, and really the reason I get this idea is from, from really from green trees. Mm. I mean, they breed green trees all year long. And I think it's, I, 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 you know, you have to give it to green tree people. Like they're like just, constantly paying attention to their snakes so maybe i don't know exactly what it is that they that they see that they're like oh i'm going to try to put them together or maybe that is just it like oh shit i'm just going to put them together and see what happens well i mean maybe they're such a slim bodied snake and they are constantly sitting that certain way that maybe it's easier to notice the swells well yeah i would i would think so too yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good depends point. it depends who it is some of these guys probably have ultrasounds some don't they might see True. certain things and then it depends on the individual, right? Like uh, right. pro exotics, from what I remember, they they bred and laid and hatched ball python eggs in every month of the year because yeah. they used an ultrasound and because certain females' cycles are different than others. They well, they brought them in or something like that, and then they didn't try. They didn't wait for the girl to get on their thing. They just bred her when she cycled and they just kept rolling with it. So, yeah, I think the, I think the other interesting point that, um, when we were talking to Gavin that he brought yeah. up, um, about Owen Pelly pythons breeding is the fact that you have to leave them alone. Yeah. Like don't bother them at all. He says he doesn't, he says like, didn't he like he he does the water bowl if they're like hidden and all the way on the opposite side of the cage yes. and all he does is just duck in throw the water like new yeah. water and then leave like he doesn't try feeding he doesn't like he didn't do anything and, and just Stress my experience is a big thing. I, yeah just yeah. my experience with working with scrubs and i've said this a million times is like i don't care how much i'm judged or whatever but yeah i moved certain scrubs to tubs because i didn't want them to see me and Dude, i wanted them to calm so down like yeah you, you need to calm down like let me try to establish this thing before I put it in a box so I can stare at it 24-7, you know, uh, with this big-ass window. I remember, wasn't it Dave, or maybe it was Chris, that had, like, when he was breeding scrubs, he had, like, the pegboard. Oh, yeah, no, Chris. Fronts, right? Chris had um, Neodesha cages that did not have, they were square Neos, but they didn't have glass. They were just straight up, like, the same thing that the sides were made of, but they had a ton of holes drilled in them. So there was literally no way to view the animals. Um, and they were huge cages, very, very deep. And the only problem is that when you undid the cages, the scrubs learned 
what the sound is of you unlocking. <laughs> so then you would move the door and a like a 10 foot oh, scrub would just, cause he had Barnex in there and all oh, this other stuff. And it was beyond. just, oh yeah. And it was just like, you'd just be like, clip, clip. And you'd hear it moving in there. And you're like, I don't want to keep opening this, but I have to. And then cause you, you can't see the exact angle it's coming at exactly. you. Exactly. And he had branches and shit in there too. So you'd be like, I'm safe here. And then you'd open it and be like, oh no. Like, cause it's up higher. And yeah, it's no. It yeah, was, that's Chris. Was, <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's, yeah, and then it you was, look at you look at a guy like Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, how is he? I mean, I don't. He hasn't tried Malukins yet. I don't think. I don't even know if he has Malukins. But he has at least one. I okay. think he might have a couple. Right. Some people just again, it's it's also the I think a lot of times with the rare species it comes into there's a certain type of X factor that we don't consider, which is like what Eric said, where like with Ryan getting such success, is that because he lives out where he lives and he gets a ton of snow? Is Lawrence having success because that's where he lives and it's more conducive for scrubs there? Like it works he, better he's from Ireland, right? Yeah, maybe it maybe, maybe it, it just rains a lot. Yeah, maybe it just somehow clicks with them better there. You know, it's, you know, it, it's just like that's the way it is. Certain species are able to adapt or not care that much, but other more rare species or less produced in captivity species still kind of rely on certain things. Now, as those generations, you know, are more and more and more, you're going to get it. It's going to be easier and easier and easier because the ones that, can't adapt to captivity are going to unfortunately die out you know it's you got to think of it kind of like ball python but you got to understand is that ball python burned through years of uh domestication in a very short amount of time just because of how many times they were produced like over and over and over and over and over so you got to the point where a ball python at one point was very very difficult and now can be bred in like a 10 gallon aquarium by somebody who's barely paying attention yeah but so, most of the species that breed all year round i would say majority of them are found around the equator Right? I would say so, yeah, because that's what it's warm as shit and nothing which changes, is, which is exactly what we're talking about. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I just don't think that with those species in particular, that temperature necessarily is. I, I mean, it may play a role, but I, my approach would not be temperature. And if I think it would if be it was, if I was breeding something like that. It would I don't think it, I don't think it's temperature, but I think you got to get them to trigger on something because it's like well, sure. Maybe these islands, maybe these it? islands are rammed by a hurricane twice a year. I would think it would be food. I would think food would be the best thing to do, but the problem is, is that timing, you know, timing and food. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's that's and that's where my mind is gone now. To throw that into a loophole now, here's. here's Here's my two school of thoughts with the, with, especially the food thing, right? I remember yeah. listening to, to Harlan Wall, and before, like, I did a food cycle on myself, but you know, it's usually don't feed during the winter, feed during the summer, you know, whatever. Yeah. And listen to Harlan Wall kind of really uh, hit home this whole food cycle thing more. Made me think about it. So, but now let me let me throw this out here. Based on timing and everything else. And it depends for the species. It's different for different species and all that. It's it's tough because in my mind, I'm like, all right, the female needs food to breed. So yes. when does she need the food exactly? But then also, 
I, so then I think of like carpets, like you're feeding them during the year. Now they're ready to breed. Good to go. Right. Some islands, and I, I forget where this this I forget where this thought process came into my head. What I was listening to or watching. Some places it might maybe. I mean, obviously the female having healthy uh, healthy body weight and all that is important. Mm. But what if late in the season is important because now you want food for the babies? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's... I take that approach with the spring breeders with the don- like. So I stumbled upon this by accident. This the one year I wasn't producing any. It didn't seem like I was going to produce carpets. Mm. And I was talking to Casper. Mm-hmm. And when we were talking, he was like, give her a meal. So I gave her a meal and I gave her another meal and boom, ovulation. Like it was like immediate. And I'm thinking, wow, that's interesting. I'll do that with jungles every once in a while. I'll throw them a January meal. Yeah. I did have diamonds this year. Like I wasn't, and I saw them, I saw them lock, but it didn't seem like she was doing anything. And I'm thinking, well, they breed in the spring. So I would think that they would be more cons- like just like what you're saying, Scott. Like they would be more concerned with a plentiful, a, uh, an abundance of food for both them and the babies. You know, especially where they're coming from, where you have two seasons, right? Dry and wet. And you got to remember what that's telling the the animal's body. Like it's not. You, you got to think when she gets that late meal, that's telling her body, all right, there's a lot of food here now. Right. Yeah. So let me make, let me ask this question, Scott, because I'm not 100% sure. You've seen locks. You've seen, you know, all that kind of stuff, but you just never made it to ovulation, right? Correct. Which is mm. the same thing that happens with bolins and other scrub pythons. And, oh, know, it's Somalia. Somalia, to me, right, there's like the easy breeders that are ball pythons and carpets. And then there's like this, there's like a middle level of like, Savus and you can get almost put white lips in this. I think white lips, if more people took Ryan's approach and like were more serious about it, right. there'd be more success. But they're not, they're not typically that hard. Liasis and the white lips, they're not, it's just people aren't, haven't done it the right way for long enough. Like people aren't keeping them long enough or having pairs. If you saw people keep them for five years and, and pair them, you'd probably see more, more success. Mm. But then there's that other level of Somalia. And, like, yeah. I don't know. Here's my question is what the fuck is the difference between Southerns and the Barnecks and the others? And Tanabars. Tanabars are down there, Southern. Because you're seeing, I mean, it, maybe it's just a numbers game. Maybe there's more people trying. But, like, yeah, you get Southerns Southern and Tanabars. Tanabar babies, yeah. So you, you can do cheaper ones, right? And But you can do it. People yeah, but- are doing it. Yeah, weren't Southerns and Tans like? Aren't most of the Tans that are even in the country weren't they produced in the farms? Because aren't we like now? Are we technically getting to the point where how far are we removed? Do you really see that many Tannin bars though? Not anymore though. There's I mean, not like people doing it, but when people have done it, yeah, they, it seems like there's success. Tell me, I mean, tell dude, me, dude, I got slug Tannin bars. I mean, I got, I got, I got slug. Chris, Chris, Shad. Yeah. Chad, okay. And probably plenty more that I don't, I don't even know. So I mean, at, out of all, plenty, out of all oh, scrubs, you had, uh, 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 shit. Uh, he's the one that used to do the bar necks up in. Uh, Me? Oh. No. Uh, damn it! I got a tannin bar from him. Uh, Prada. Shit! I bought yeah, Prada. That's it. All right. He's bought me. 
Mm. Yeah, dude, yeah. That's like out of out of all scrubs, I would say tannin bars are the ones that were the most readily produced at one point. It's just it's just nobody's. Or really they've had the most success. I mean, whether people have bred them constantly or had continued success, I don't know. But I would say that out of all scrubs, if you want to like lay the clutches down, I'd say that the majority have been tannin bar scrubs. And then Southerns. And then Southerns, yeah. Because a decent amount of people have had success. David's been very, Dave and Chris have done well. Like Brandon had a clutch. Like people are yeah. having like clutches here and there. But why? Why aren't we seeing that Malukins? Now I know, I don't know. The last couple of years, there's three to five of us trying at a given time, if that. Now you so, got, you got Calip, the, your your Malukins. Your Malukins. You got them as babies, right? Very young. Yeah. Uh, not not. Not, not still baby babies, red, but red. Yeah. not their not their adult colors. So okay, both of them same same. I, I got Midas earlier. Yeah. Um, and then Christ, I don't know how long after that it was. I got Persephone, but it was the, pretty much the same age. I got Midas was the, the age Persephone was when I got her. And that was when they were still bringing them in too, because I remember that's when that's how we got Hazel. Is she was just so damn tiny. So I mean, they're still coming in. I don't see him that much anymore. Because only about 13 come into the fucking country. Yeah, true. I saw the quota two or three years ago for the world. Mm. You know, for the world, the CITES numbers for the world. And I was like, dude, there's 27 or it was like right. less than 30. I'm like, and you count how, how what percentage is going to die in transport. Right. right. And the fact that some of these are going to probably, you know, what Germany and some of these, they're not all coming to the U.S. Like, right. Holy shit. Like. There's not very many. Yeah, and then there was the whole thing of that, you know, uh, when Cam was talking to us, he's like, they don't, they don't sell, so they or they people don't order them, so they cut the number down. So it's like, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that number from 30 is just going further and further down. Like you said, 13. Who's to say in a couple more years any Malukans coming to the country? The same point. I don't know what a healthy number is. They're an island species. True. What's a what's a healthy number to come out of? off two islands and they're not, they're not huge islands. No, you know, they're not tiny. Don't get me wrong. They're not tiny. I mean, they're one of them's like 30 miles by God. I'd have to look at my notes, but you know, they're not, they're not huge, huge islands that are going to have a massive population of these, these snakes on. So I don't know what a healthy number would be to come in. So I'm perfectly fine. If it's a small number, Mm. Let me circle yeah. back to the feeding again. So have you changed the feeding, your feeding approach, Scott? I I have. So early on, I would say it was, uh, it was similar to what I do with carpets, but a heavy influence of small meals in the spring to the female. Don't worry about the male. Fuck the male. He doesn't need to eat at all, ever. Poor male snakes, man. Poor so Midas. Screwed. Dude, poor Midas, let me tell you. And he tells me about it every day. Um. So I, I was doing small meals. I, there was no food. And then, you know, whatever, February, whenever I felt was the right time, it was like weekly small meals. Um, then I'm kind of in the mindset. That, then I'm trying to get the right meal at the right time. Okay. I, I felt like if I could get the right meal at the right time, like you said with carpets, but obviously way harder with scrubs, is like you throw the meal and it's at the right time and it tells her body the right thing. Right. Um, 
I don't know what I'm going to do going forward. And this is, like I said, my mind, I could argue everything with you with, with Lukens. Uh, every school of thought on from both sides of the aisle. Right. Because I can, because I, just because I have enough, uh, I've educated myself enough on the species, but there's not enough knowledge on the breeding of them. But I've educated myself and I know enough about reptile stuff that <laughs> I can look at it from both sides and it just drives my mind wild because I'm like, ah, I can see where this comes in or this comes in. I see Ryan Young the other day, uh, we were talking, and I think I was talking about scrubs, and he, he commented and said, I don't feed any of my Indo stuff, or not. He feeds all his Indo stuff, like, during the winter. The opposite of what I'm doing. Right. Hmm. He's not feeding during the hot months, during the summer. Correct. He's feeding during the winter. So now I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> well, now, now I've been well, doing that wrong, too. Oh, so. no, I think so, for us, yeah. But mm. doesn't that make sense to what you were saying earlier, that they would be responding to the fact that there's food for babies? I think generation? that's a big part of it. It's, But then again, like you said, Eric, am I doing this the right time of year or the right, the right month? Am I doing it the right month? Am I doing it the right time of year? My thought on that is I'm – I'm in the ballpark because she gets very dark during the winter, which I know they normally do, but right. she, her behavior and such, that's when it changes. Dude, during the summer here, she's a fucking chainsaw. Not bad. I mean, for food, if I get her out, she's fine. But, dude, like right now, like if I walk in my room, there's no smell of food or anything, and she's like, oh, you got food? Like she wants food. Mm-hmm. And this is early. It's not even real summer months yet. Um, but, yeah, my school of thought has – been changing on that so that's that's something very easy for me to change with with in regards of i don't think it's a big enough change where it sets me back right like if i if i go and like i'm dropping temperatures still to 65 next year that's a big change yeah in the room yeah. you know this the food cycling and timing for me is a small change but the timing thing i've I've tried to widen my window of my breeding season to try to make up for that. Right. You know, early on it was like, all right, Midas is in from X to Y. Now I'm trying to put Midas in earlier and keep him with her later. And then mm-hmm. to go back to your stress thing, I, I'm fucking with them less and less. Um, for instance, like if I'm like, oh, I want to feed or maybe try to feed her or Usually I don't throw Midas a meal during the winter unless he's looking real ragged. Yeah. But, um, you know, maybe I want to throw her a meal, like you said, and try to get some food in her. If they're curled up, I'm not fucking – I'm not going to fuck with them to get them off her. Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I, you know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. like I want to feed her tomorrow. Tomorrow's the day I'm going to bring some food. I'm not – if Midas is going to stay – is going to be curled up, I'm not going to start poking him to get him to come off her because that's going to bother her. I'm doing way less um, – so there's a school of thought of, like I said, and like Ryan has said, and you said where like it takes years of them to get to that flow of the room and to the cycle of room. Right. I feel like I set myself back. <laughs> I mean, it sucks, but it is what it is. I raised them for about five or four or five, six years. I was going to ask you this. <laughs> and then we, and then we moved. Yes. Literally the first year. I put them together. Literally, I moved my whole collection. Chris came up the next fall uh, fully. Yeah. And I, I, meanwhile, I've been talking to David, and we're back and forth. Like he, David's like, dude, I would pair him, man. From what I see in pictures, 
I said, oh, well, Chris is going to be up here in a couple weeks. I'll see what he thinks when he gets here. He said the same thing when he got here. He's like, dude, she's got the age. She's big enough. Fuck it. Put them together. Yeah. I think I set myself back. I grew them up in my at my dad's house for four or five, five and a half years, literally. And then I get to the point where they're at that age to breed, and I fucking move my whole collection. Right. So I'm now approaching um, – uh, we moved here in the end of 2016. So now I'm approaching four or five years of being here in the same room. Now, the weird thing is a lot of people are like in my position would be like, Oh, well, the room didn't change. Cause I, I, I'm actually pretty happy with how my snake room here acts compared to my father's very similar temperature wise. Right. Uh, the but way there's subtle the room, changes. I but mean, exactly, yeah. there's still subtle changes, and for the it's carpets, like the, it doesn't matter. Exactly, yeah. for the carpets, it doesn't fucking matter. They don't give a shit. Yeah. But for something as sensitive scrubs, that matters. So, um, like I said, now I've been doing it for four years, four or five years, four years probably, and or no, maybe this was the third or fourth year I paired them up. I don't remember now because it's starting to get old <laughs> yeah, but, dude, but, see, dude, but you're getting locks like that's what would drive me crazy is if i saw the white lips lock every year and didn't yeah. get eggs i'd be pissed at this point because that's like what that's do you want with my sabus is and i feel bad about my sabus uh, you guys know about the white lips right what happened what with that when i paired them oh probably murder no no miss miss sex at least one of them oh yeah 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 oh goody yeah yeah, the the bigger one is a boy, for sure. Yeah. And it's now the smaller one I'm hoping is a female, but I don't know yet. Uh, that's another story. But um. So you got it opposite. I might. Yeah. I might. So do I. I have a smaller female and a giant ass male, and I'm yeah. like, hmm, yeah. My male's not big. My male would be a healthy, a healthy female size, honestly. Uh, five and a half foot, probably six foot. I see my my female's perfect. She's at that five and a half foot mark. Male's a monster. He came to me as a monster, and yeah. um and I I've slimmed him down as best I can. He gets a quail when I feel like feeding him. Like it's like I've actually been, <laughs> it's funny you say it. I've been feeding yeah. my white lips like every week for the last month because I did a long period of you're not getting food for a while and then they they start I was like oh you oh shit. Fry- <laughs> <laughs> People come here, they're going to think I don't feed my animals at all. So. Yeah, right. But, um, but yeah, I, I paired them up. I finally got to the point where I paired them up. And, uh, dude, like you said, the first thing I was worried about was murder. Because one of them is completely tame. Completely tame. The other one, murder. it depends who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate the animal. Chris has been here multiple times. He likes to take her out every time, and she never fucking bites Or he, he never bites him. But, uh, That's weird. Yeah, so but I I paired them up and I'm watching and I'm like, this motherfucker. Why is the bigger one chasing a small one? I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> dude. So I messaged Ryan and I'm go I'm sending Ryan videos and I'm back and forth with Ryan. He's like, yeah. He's like, I'd say that's a boy. Now the behavior, it was it it didn't attack the smaller one, at least during when they were together. It was close. It was borderline. Uh. At, at the least, it was uh, very eager to breed. Uh-huh. At the worst, it was very dominating male. It was borderline, but no biting. No combat. Uh, no combat. It was just – and they weren't together that long, but, like, 
it was it was hard to tell if it was just over eagerness to breed or like super pushing your luck territorial. I kept waiting for the fucking thing to bite it. I was like, this is gonna suck, but it didn't happen. So I separated them, and I'm like, fuck me, this is completely backwards than I thought it was. Maybe. Um. So now I'm getting that smaller one a little bigger and I'm trying to see what uh if I can either sex it better. I was hoping to have a genetic test because sexing white lips sucks. It does. I mean, yeah. I, I was sitting here going like, you know what? This summer, when the white lips come in, I'll grab myself a younger male, you know, a little bit around the adult size, then I'll give a shot at, uh, you know, possibly her. And now that that got torpedoed out the window. I don't even know when the hell if shows are ever coming back. So, yeah. yeah. But what I was saying was my I brought I went into that tangent, but my Savus are in tubs. Mm. And I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of things that I feel like I would have had success with Savus in the last uh, year and a half, two years, if I was paying attention to them. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I that's... throw them together every once in a while. Uh, right. I've never witnessed the lock. The one thing I see, which uh, Keith and I have discussed and I've seen uh, brought up other places in blood, uh, in the, uh, in, on the paper and stuff, mm. uh, I don't know which which it could. I assume from the female, uh, not like blood from biting, from blood from sex organs, like right. dragging them around. Right. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about that with bolines, and uh, I've seen that with my savus, and a couple other people have seen it with their savus. So like, I assume there's some sort of reproductive activity possibly going on. This Gary year, the female did some interesting. Yeah, yeah. 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 This year, the female did some interesting things. I I think maybe I'm missing it. Like, but. Unfortunately, I don't really see them, and I don't pay them enough attention to catch the cues. I feel like I would I would have had a success if I did. But, yeah, uh, I read, uh, Ryan had an article in Reptiles Magazine, and this is sort of what like led me to think about, like, are we doing it at the wrong time? And he talked exactly about that, about mm. Savus being bred. They, they, bred, they breed at a different time than your two. They breed two. There's like two seasons with Savus. It's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. I I've, I've semi noticed this. There's like the savus that are the normal python season, right? For carpets and stuff like you see like, and then there's I don't even want to call them spring breeders. It's later than spring because yes. mine mine hatched from Will Bird. Um, one of them came from Mike Pinnell, and I don't know when that hatched. So I got that as an older animal, uh, but my female I got dude. She had like three meals in her baby. And she hatched late fall, early winter. Son of a bitch. Right. Yeah. I got well, her in I, January. I might throw she the water about, pythons back together. <laughs> like, it's I, like... I, got, I got her in January. She had like three meals in her. So do the math on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there, and I've seen that with other people. I've seen them with the, the – there's a late season there. And then there's, like I said, uh, lawns having success now and other people. And it's, Lawn it's got more water fun. python eggs way earlier than I would have expected this year. Like, yeah, that's weird. Didn't you get them like late. January or were they late? Shit. God damn it, Eric. You're right. <laughs> but I remember asking. Oh, my I God. Will, I remember asking Will Bird once years in a, in a discussion about Savu's. I don't remember if it was on the forum or on Facebook. And I was like, do you have any tips? And it was basically feed them a lot when they're eating because they're going to go through extended periods of not eating. Mm. And then uh, I think they were talking about with the wet season with them. Um, wet and dry season. Um, 
Dude, but I, I can't spray my sabus. They fucking hate that shit. Yeah, I, <laughs> they don't like did that. you ever Only try ones... messing with the humidity in the room? No. It's too much that'd be too much of pain. So well, I have a natural cycle of humidity in my room. During the winter my house gets very dry. And then the rest of the year it's it's actually pretty damn humid up there. You so I have a cycle. The geckos don't they need like a Shit ton of humidity or something like that? I don't know. But, but maybe the humidity is not lined up with the temperatures mm. and it's not lined up with the food. So, like, you have these – it's the simple triggers of the normal things of what a python would do, but they're mm. not lined up. So the key's not going to go into the hole because it, it, it – you don't – you know what I mean? It doesn't fit. So here's my thought process on that, and I've, I've talked about this with a couple people. Humidity to me means – at least within the realm of this discussion is wet season, dry season, rainy right. season, dry sure. season. Right. What I don't, what I feel like that triggers more is one of two things, either more food, which actually could, that, that actually goes away from what Ryan was saying based on when the humidity in my room would be compared to when I want to feed them based on what he's saying. Right. But, it, it's one of two things would be the more or less food uh, and it depends on the species too. Cause it's different. Island species are different. Depends sure. on what they're eating. Yep. Uh, you know, depends on there's species where I've seen a uh, uh, bird migration discussion. Yeah. You know, they, they, they only eat when a certain birds. bird is there. Yeah. See people, when you're listening to this podcast and you hear all this, this is all the fucking mindset and shit you think about is exactly working with what, a re- really yes. hard to breed species right um that was the first thing the food source but also actually breeding so the breeding part of malukans i have down midas is a horny motherfucker right (laughs) Right. it's getting viable eggs from her yeah correct and here's my thing i don't think that humidity in itself biologically makes sense to have an effect on the process what to me and if you guys, if you guys have something that would make me change my mind, please say it. To me, humidity in itself, as long as the animal's hydrated and all that, shouldn't be affecting her cycle to that level to keep her from ovulating. It to me, the humidity is more of a trigger either for breeding or the food cycle of the area for Malukans. I'm just right. Speaking. So let me so let me ask this question. Like, you know, yours are are wild caught or captive hatched or what? Midas is definitely wild caught. He's got injuries to show it when he's pulled off the perch. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, but, if he's a female, I'd actually be nervous about breeding. He's got like a big indentation down by his his vent. Uh, but luckily, he ended up being a boy, and he hasn't slowed down one bit from that. Um, the female. female. The female, I was told that there was a chance she may have been a captive hatched animal. Um, the uh, I got to look back at the messages or talk to the guy I got it from. I thought the Norris's name was thrown in, but have they had the, Ryan, Ryan? Did Ryan did he work with Scrubs? He did, didn't he? Yeah, he, he yeah, went. But when, it was very recent. Yeah, you started. I know we had him on years ago, and he just started working with Scrubs and stuff like that. He didn't have so, that money. I have to look back. Stuff. For some reason, I thought this animal came via them to this person, but it may have come. They may have just. It may have just come through their hands. I'm not positive. Or they may have brought in a bunch or 
bought yeah. a bunch of babies or something like that. But I mean, that's I'm, what ass- Chris I'm and assuming. I were doing. I'm assuming this. They're basically wild caught, mm. but at the young age, they're not older animals. They're so, mal. They're malleable. So here would be another thought process that I that at least when I was trying to breed scrubs, um, f- for me is that if you're dealing with wild caught animals. To me, those factors mean more than if we're talking about carpets captive hatched for years. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah. I mean, if to me, if they're wild caught juveniles or adults, I mean, these were young enough; they should be malleable to whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, there's certain they're, they're, like I guess they're. It was kind of like what Owen was saying earlier. Like ball pythons have been bred so much in captivity at this point that you know they'll breed at any time in a 10 gallon tank and you know what i mean because this is the this is what they've there's so many generations yeah. moves from the wild animal oh yeah so those triggers are not necessarily the same anymore if you will and that's the sad the sad thing is we shouldn't the sad thing is we should not be having this conversation there have been enough captive reproductions of malukans that it should have been handled yeah right but nobody again it's how many you know, certain people can breed savannah monitors, but nobody ever takes the time to do it. Why? Because the babies are coming in. So why do well, it? Well, so. there's that, and there's also the other reason, because 90% of the people keeping savannah monitors fucking suck at it. Valid point. <laughs> and and here's where some people might get hurt feelings. I don't give a fuck. Most do of the it. people keeping scrubs for years have fucking sucked at it, at least Malukans, because yeah. it, they yeah. made Malukans too big. Yeah. Yeah, same because thing with the oilips. They're a thin-bodied tree snake. In my research, I remember something that stuck me was actually what Ryan Young said I found on a fucking Malukan thread from who knows what year it was on MP. Mm. But he said, I feel like Malukans would be easier if people kept them cooler and kept them smaller. That stuck with me. They're an island form, which sometimes goes back and forth. <laughs> island forms aren't necessarily smaller. Right. But I said, sometimes they are. Right. Now, I remember uh, one of the Barker's books talks about a wild uh, specimen, Malukan, being 12 foot, brought by hunters. But that's a, that's a from, maximum. Like, and, Well, now, here's the thing. Yeah. 1920 mm-hmm. from hunters. Mm-hmm. Correct. Hunters nowadays will tell you the fucking deer is way bigger than the motherfucker is. Yeah. Okay. Now, but... That doesn't mean they don't get that big, but maybe they do when they're 25 years old or older. Or maybe the that is, one did. Maybe just like, yes, like again, just correct. we, water we found a goddamn <laughs> water python the size of a freaking olive. Maybe one specimen did. Well, and, and here's the thing. I talk about the bell curve with a lot of things. Yeah. And there's a bell curve for size based on genetics and food intake for, for everything. Yeah. Of course. So – they give you this range, and everybody sticks to that high number for some reason with snakes. They're like, "Oh, a, a, a carpet, a carpet can be five foot to twelve foot. I want it to be twelve foot, motherfucker. Well, I ain't getting twelve foot. Maybe that you old book is five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or thirty feet. You know, right? <laughs> exactly. So I think that happened with Malukans. I think that people way overfed them. Yeah, I would agree. Probably what happened was a couple of these breedings that happened were shit luck because they were feeding so much. Sure. And it worked out. I know uh, 
speaking to Martin, Martin had some older Malukins that he got that were already big uh, years ago, not the ones he has now. Right. And he told me that the female passed away. She had eggs in her. Mm. Well, I wasn't surprised by that because, yes, she was a big animal, but and but that's probably what led to her passing away. Yeah. yeah. Being too big. Right. And having so eggs. Yeah. That's been my one, my two biggest bugaboos from Malukans that I've been saying for years now. I think people were feeding them way too much, keeping them way too hot, and too many have died. Not all of them. There's still some around. Like I said, I don't, to my knowledge, Mike Bell probably still has a shit ton. Um, and there's other people that still have some, but like all these people have big ones. Like, ask you guys know Chris. Ask Chris how big my Malukans are. He's seen them in person. They ain't that big. Like my carpets are bigger, probably. Right. <laughs> Within reason. Yeah. Well, um. I, yeah, I mean, I do that with. I mean, you guys have seen my snakes. They're 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 almost bonsai when you look at some people's carpets. You know. <laughs> like what? The Dude, f- you should see my baby jungles. They're just coloring up. Everyone I sold one to, they're fucking black and yellow already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said I need to start feed mine so I can see what they look like because everyone else is making me jealous that I that I sold to because they fed them more. Yeah. I didn't feed mine. You know the other thing I wanted to just circle back for a second when it comes to temperature, just again my experience and, and Owen, you could probably touch on this too. Is like the thing that we do often take for granted is how cool it gets at night, and I'm not necessarily saying it drops down to fifty. Right, or thirty, or forty, or you know, remember when Bowens were going down to like forty degrees? <laughs> that was like the key. Diamonds, kind of the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, they they do at, at nighttime. It is way colder. Like well, when we saw that gelatin, it was seventy degrees. When we and saw the Darwin, it was cold as hell. Like and I mean. That, and that's what we drop our temperatures to when we go to breed carpets. So right. that speaks to just the, which is probably the case, the, uh, you know, how, how solid they are as a, as like how adaptable they are to just about anything you throw at them. But at the same time, it was humid at night. So it wasn't yeah. a cold, like here we are in the Northeast when it's, you know, 70 or 60 degrees out, it's, it's, it's a different cold. I, I would agree. Stupid, but <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. it no, I, I know what you mean. Anyone who spent there's not a, the problem is too many people that keep reptiles and want to be the guy now. Yeah. They're they have never spent any time looking for these be or just any reptile outside. Sure. Like you know at all. Like you have no idea. You don't, so then you don't understand how they're using micro habitats or like like you said how different. A humid 70 is to uh, a dry 70. Right. Um, you know, things of that nature. I mean, th- things like that are what made me think how fucking horrible iguanas are as pets because I watched them in in, in our travels in the Caribbean and, and down south down there because I watch these fucking iguanas and how they act during the day and stuff. And I'm like, there's nobody giving them what they need. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? <laughs> Right. They need first off, they need your house, the amount of space to use. But yeah. they need a room, to feel the air. It's fucking hot. It's fucking humid. But they most iguanas in the places we've been, they come out uh, mid morning. They go to eat and then they retreat for the heat 
from the heat of the day, but they're super arboreal. Um, it's always hot, humid. Like, it's crazy. Like, I was like, man, motherfuckers are not keeping these things right. Like, which I already knew, but when you start watching them more and more, because you're, you know, sitting by the pool in a, at a resort and you're watching as you go on is outside your room, you're like, because you're a reptile nerd, you pay attention to stupid things that right. nobody else exactly. is paying yeah. attention to. <laughs> I'm like, man, these motherfuckers are out here right now. It's fucking hot. Like, yeah. you know. But, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of things like that, and that comes into play with I, – I can't find anyone who can, who's been to these Moluccan Islands to, to really discuss it with because I get weather data, and I know there's, there's little cities down by the, the coast. At least one of the islands is very mountainous, mm-hmm. and I think for every 1,000 feet, it's like two degrees you lose. Right. Well, if you have a mountainous region, it doesn't take a lot of – a, a, even a very large mountain to lose amount of amount of heat being that high sure. that it can make a difference. But I don't know if the Moluccans are there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Are they down by the village where the temperatures, where the weather data they're giving me is that, is that what the weather is? Or are they up on the mountain 6,000 feet up at, you know, two times, what is that? Two times six, 12 degrees. 12 degrees yeah. difference. That could be important for breeding. I don't know that. That's why when it comes to the bowlings, Ari is everyone's fucking gangster because he's giving you real-time data. That's the other yeah. thing is that just because it's that hot in that, like, area, like, you know, like I said, when we were up in Darwin, it was ridiculously hot all over the place. But where all the animals were, it was cooler. It was like 70 degrees. Like, they hid where it was nice and cold. It's like that's... Well, even if so, you looked at Owen Pelly's, right, Owen? Yeah. I mean, it was, if you were to, to look at what you were saying earlier, if you were to pull up a map of, you know, uh, the Northern Terror, or not a map, uh, the weather. Or yeah. The weather. For like uh, Kakadu and, right, you know, yeah, all that, yeah. Wherever, Kakadu National Park, it's going to say, you know, it's 99 degrees and it's 110 and the low is like, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, 82 or something like that, you know, something crazy. But when you look and find out where these Owen Pelly pythons are, and like there's a, I mean, we're talking, so on the first trip when we went to Chilago, we went into these caves similar to what the Owen Pellys are in, but like you could actually walk through them and whatnot. And you're getting a major difference between the outside and the inside. We had that at 20 uh, degrees difference. At Kakadu, when you were walking around, you went to that one part that was on that catwalk through that big-ass cave. Yeah. There was a significant temperature drop there. Sure. So, yes, it's 100-something degrees outside on the top of the rock where there is no cover. Yes, you are correct. Inside the cave where it's dark, it is significantly cooler. So are we keeping them too hot because we're like, oh, well, I'm keeping them according to the read out of the weather that I saw in Australia. Yeah, but is that where the snake is? Well, because in Barron's Gorge, where the, yeah. uh, you know, you probably would find jungle carpets uh, there, uh, it was 7 a.m., right? And the yeah. rock surface temperature of the spot that we were in, which Son was in this gorge, bitch. That's was right. 110 I degrees. I forgot all this stuff that you were doing. You were taking temperatures. <laughs> 
you have all that information, nerd. <laughs> like, you know, it's... Well, I think, you know? it, I think it just goes back to giving you a better understanding of the animals that you keep in captivity. And How he lost I, his phone. Obviously, it's not easy to go to the, you know, the Moluccan Islands. Um, obviously, you know, <laughs> do you people remember, would be doing it. Do you remember when we were at, the, we we just gotten off the plane, and it was hot as shit, and we're on the beach, and Keith is looking out to the ocean, and we're like, what's up, Keith? And he goes, the Bolins are right over there. I, I wonder what they're doing. It's like... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my gangster. He had that. He had that same thought. Remember when we were sitting we're for the sun of, to go yeah, down, we're, and we're we're sitting, Scott. We're all on top of this mountain, right? And it's it's right where we found the Owen Bellies, right? We're yeah. Just sitting there, we're waiting for the sun to go down, and each of us took a corner of this mountaintop. Just this chill. Yeah. And we're just chilling, just waiting, just looking out into the environment, just seeing what we see or whatever. And you know, I think I went and chased a wallaby. We, yeah. We kind of like met back up and like, you know, Keith's like, he's just there just thinking about Bowen's by so just like Keith, Keith gets this look and then he looks at a horizon and he goes, I wonder what the Bull and I are doing right, right now. There. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> it's it's so like how close. I, it's so close. It's like, I imagine if we got Scott close to the Moluccan Islands, he'd be like, they're over there. Just over there. Dude, there's there's probably no way me and Val could go for vacation there. Because usually when we go away, it's like it's partially relaxation at a beach and all that. And it's partially like adventure, fucking excursions. Right. There's no way. We couldn't I wouldn't be on the beach at all. I <laughs> I'd be like, we're not doing anything till I find a fucking Malukan. That's it. Right. There's no vacation till I find this. Then we right. submission. <laughs> And, you know, for her credit, she would be right by my side trying to find it. But I, I know what you're saying because, like, for me, like, I, I don't know. I still get excited when I find certain reptiles, but, like. Your reptile, uh, though. Yeah. It's different. Huh? It's different. There's a when difference. It's, it's, oh, it's, yeah. It's your rep. You know, you know what I mean? Like, the one that you are obsessed with is, like. Well, I'm, pr- I'm almost at this point. I'm like, I know, I know. My best hope is when we get down to Australia, is finding a, just an, a different scrub. <laughs> That's as close yeah. as I might come. But uh, hey. like, dude, I, I remember everywhere. being in Costa Rica and talking to one of the people with us, and like, he's telling us how how common jaguars are in the area, and I start looking into the darkness of the jungle, and I'm like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't take, don't, don't take a moment to be like, maybe I shouldn't go try to find a jaguar. Wasn't you it know? Like we were we were herping. Man. We were herping. Oh. oh, you were herping? When Jesus were... Christ. Oh, my God. Yeah, we were in Costa Rica herping, and we were we – were... so the way they did it was we tried uh, – fuck, who was it? Ray Morgan and Mike Clarkson are like, here's who you need to talk to. So we went and stayed with uh, this really nice family, super hospitable. Uh, he owns an eco-zoo. Nice. So he's got all kinds of snakes and shit. That's how we played with his Bushmaster, uh, yeah, his uh, adult pair. Fucking awesome. Yeah. But we went herping that night with him and his family. So his son spoke English, so that's mostly who I talked to or, or dealt with. And the way they do it is they drive up and it's like a it's like a cleared road because the lower area it's mostly farmland at this point. Yeah. But once you walk up further, then you get into the jungle where by the time I get back to Costa Rica, Lord knows it'll probably be fucking farm too. You know what I mean? Right. Sadly. Yeah. But yeah. so it's a clear, it's a clear, it's basically a logging road is what you're doing. And all we did was we walked the logging road and just herp the edge of the jungle on both sides. There's a break in the tree line and that's where shit's going to, it's almost like when we were driving, it was trees on all sides, but 
the road it was, and gave it was you a dangerous. break. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. in an area where literally what they do is he gets out of the car and he finds an eyelash wiper right off the bat. And Damn. I know that's well, I, and I know that's his thing because he gets out and he immediately looks around the cars at the, and we're not in the jungle jungle yet. We're like on the farm road and there's farmland on one side. And he immediately, I think that was, that's probably what he does is he immediately goes to find an eyelash wiper to get one on the board. Right. Because yeah, you're I paying mean, him. You're paying him. Yeah. I mean, they're really nice, but you're still, you're paying him for the excursion for four hours or whatever. They don't, they don't fucking keep track of time Dude, and all that. Gavin, Gavin could have charged us. Like he, like, I mean, like it was, sometimes you also get the people who've been there. They know where to look. Cause I think we would have wandered that park all night and not found that Darwin. If yeah. Gavin oh, went I, with us. Yeah. I never would have looked where he was. Well, see, that's why I don't think it, taking you to Costa Rica would be dangerous because I'd hear like a rustling and I'd turn around and a jaguar would be dragging Eric back into the woods because, well, you know, hobbit <laughs> size. You so, know, we're yeah. halfway into the jungle now and I'm talking to Victor and I'm like, hey, and it, it hit me. I'm like, oh, we're in Costa I'm like, I got to ask you. I'm like, is there like jaguars in this area? And he goes, well, he says, uh, you know, there's not a lot or anything. He's like, we did a, uh, they, they helped a, a college do a study. And they put camera traps up, and he's like, "Oh, we only got like six or eight hits in two months." I'm like, "What the about? hell? <laughs> They're everywhere." Oh, I'm like, "Not a lot, you though. know." It's like, Jesus. So now I'm like, "All right, so now I don't, I don't only have to worry about me or Val stepping on a furry lance. Now I have to worry about jaguars." <laughs> and everybody gives Australia a bad rap, you know. Yeah, dude, Costa Rica is pretty gnarly, man. I won't lie, but. I don't know, man, but Costa Rica's got, like, if you want to compare Venomous, I think I'd much rather find a Fleur de Lance or a, a Bushmaster. I mean, like, I'm, I'm surprised we never state, found man. a Death Adder or anything like that, but, I'm sure we you know. sure we over a bunch of them. I mean, I, several. We physically ran over. I mean, like, walked, we probably walked over them. We probably stepped near them, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I'd rather deal with the big vipers than, like, the elapid, like, the brown snake, you know, th those are – a lapid scare me. They're flighty. They move quickly. No thank oh, you, sir. Oh, 100%. 110%. Yeah. That's why yeah. I never fucked with them. Back when I fucked with Venomous, there was one show in Hamburg where I went there with money. I borrowed some money from my parents, and I said uh, – the plan you was – Those Hamburg kids? Like, <laughs> were you like I would like a – like a mama, well, please. No, no, no. Well, no. At the time, I, ha I had been working with Venomous. Okay. But, like – I, I was short on cash, and I said, hey, I'm going – I asked my mom. I said, I'm going to the reptile show. Can I borrow some money? I yeah. said, I'm hoping not to spend it, but if I spend it, I'll, I'll pay you back soon. So the plan was was to get a cobra. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Me and this other kid were going to get a cobra, and we started talking to the guys who were representing Glades at the time down there. <laughs> oh, boy. And the rep starts telling us stories oh, about this is going poorly. <laughs> the, the rep starts telling us stories about dealing with cobras, and I'm like, ah, fuck this. Like, I, and at the time, and, and still to this day, like I don't have anything now, of course, but I always worked with like shit. Like you said, I, I felt in control of either tree vipers or short little fat gaboon vipers. Gaboons, yeah. Yeah. Fat no, nothing that is gonna make a run a run at you. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, he's telling us stories about, like, cobra problems, like one getting under the bed and they got no shoes on. I'm like, uh, mm. I don't want to deal with this. And then uh, luckily at that show, I didn't get a cobra. I ended up buying <laughs> – I bought a Come pair on. of uh, red pigment rattlesnakes from a guy's Jeez. backpack. <laughs> right. Yep. Okay. 
So yeah. you and Foley were both were both the classic Hamburg kids, where it's like, I came here getting for rats, but you know what? That forest cobra just I cannot resist. It's like, wait. No, Foley wait. would get the cobra. I was actually smart enough not to get the cobra. His dumbass got lots of cobras and a couple I know, of mambas. Yeah. yeah, me and him are very different in that. You can ask him about the Arudu Viper adventure. Oh, that I already I'll, know that story. I'll still partially that. never forgive him for. So, yeah. Yeah, I know that story. Yeah. I know well, too many stories. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you know too much. We may have to kill <laughs> We may have to kill Scott, Eric. I'm just saying. No, so, no. But, Jesus Christ. But, no, I can see that. But um, that sounds like a badass trip, though, regardless. Yeah. I'm lucky. Like like I said, Val likes to do crazy shit. She wants yeah. to. It was her idea. Well, I mean. Not that we wouldn't do it anyway. It's definitely in bucket list. But she's like, I want to uh, dive with white sharks. I said, okay. All right, man. It's, so, it's better when it's you don't happen. have to convince them. Like, you know, and it's, it's easier when you're the one who has to be like, all right. Like, yeah. So uh, We're both like that. But we're, I'm weird. Like I said, like most reptile encounters now, um, I mean, like Eric said, if it's your reptile, that's different. If I see a jungle or a Malukan, you know, that'd be, that'd be tits. I mean, seeing that Bushmaster – even though it wasn't in the wild, it was his. It was his uh, captive of twelve years. Yeah. Seeing that animal was like, holy that's fuck! That's an impressive beast. Like, yeah, I mean, that's a big animal. It when you see animals like that, don't you kind of wish that certain zoos would like step up their game a little bit? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like oh, I went to one zoo. And it's this is the tank where they keep the timber and the copperhead together. Yeah. Okay, and then. <laughs> I go to another zoo. Hey, look, it's a tank with a timber and a copperhead together. Oh, look, it's another tank with a gaboon and a rhino together. Same goddamn, like, step it up. Like, give me the freaking Bushmaster. Like, yeah. I mean, there's other shit out there that would be very cool and impressive. So. Oh, yeah. Um, but at this point, for us, it's like almost sometimes I, I, I'd rather a non-reptile uh, encounter <laughs> at this point. Cause, uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> so. Because there's so much fun shit to see and do out there. I mean, like I said, we swam with whale sharks. Yeah. We had wild Cotamundis come up into a tree with us nope, and eat nope, out of our hands. Nope. 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 <laughs> nope. I know how much you love nope, them, Ali. No. Nope. These two nope. are nice, though. I don't give a shit. It, they, they're they're all adorable with their little peeping and <laughs> he stuff would have like that. PTSD, and then they have man. their then they have the then then the peeping becomes very sharp and irritated. And then I'm bleeding. No. Nope. <laughs> So, Fuck yeah. <laughs> no. I'm not having a good time anymore in the episode. <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh man. It only took this long for me to get to you like that. Shit, uh, I, dude, it's... I haven't pissed off enough people yet. Cody's and Kinkachus and any member of the raccoon family. No. Who do we have left to piss off? Who's on know. the list? What else? Like, the list? You start, <laughs> you want to start just calling people out. We're not going to stop you. Who do you want? Who do you want me to piss off? I don't know. I usually don't call people out to piss them off. I just say, uh, just say things that are aimed towards let's, them and let, piss them let's off. Let's do this. Uh, oh no! You, what has oh, been no. grinding your gears? What's grinded your gears, what's, Scott? What's upset you, Scott? Yeah. Oh man, we can't do this. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> We could, and we can't. We can't hard. do this with a recording. <laughs> it, it's too late. Eric records all. Well, yeah, I always record it, but it well, there's one, there's stop. one thing, there's one thing we can't talk about. Let's yeah, be honest. No, no, get that. Yeah. We can't talk about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Today I was annoyed just by the stupid uh, carpet pythons group. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Why, Scott? 
Nope, nope, we're not doing this. I see where nope. this is going. <laughs> you guys are gonna have me on air every week doing a what grind Scott's beers. I would love that segment. You can just record it yourself. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll do it on one condition that yeah. I I I follow up another segment. Jim from Morgantown. No, he's, he's a lost man now. He's he's grown a beard. He's wandering the wilderness with no sports. It, he's oh, a broken yeah. man. No, unfortunately, character. Unfortunately, and this is this concerns me, is that he has my other laptop to do work from home and stuff like that. So every time Eric calls me to do the show, if my father's using the laptop, he gets a call as well. <laughs> <laughs> and he almost picked up last time and he's texting me going, Hey, uh, you know, Eric's calling me with this other guy. And I'm like, don't touch anything. Like don't, don't push the button. And yeah. So there's a looming threat of him being able to just hit a button. And all of a sudden he's here. And also he used to just do a whole show. Eric, it would disconnect point. me. So like <laughs> I'd be kicked out and he would come on. So, yeah, I can't remember what podcast it was. Hmm. Wait, what? Well, never mind. Where are you going? I, mean, no, I, I, I was going to say I can't remember what podcast it was, but it was. It's just. It just happened, and somebody was talking about Jim from Morgantown. Oh, yeah. Was it Gumbo? Yeah, that was it. That was. It. I think it was. Yeah, and they were talking about Jim from Morgantown, and I was like, "Wow, he's such. He's he's so famous yeah. now that yeah. he's he's gone on to other reptile podcasts." Oh, dude, Jim, he's a celebrity. Celebrity. James, James is texting me right now asking me if I can come on to the show with him and Joe right now, which I have a feeling it's just going to be more of Joe ripping me or them quizzing me on ball python morphs I don't fucking know about. So That shit yeah. was pretty funny. To be it, fair, I, w- I had no clue. Some of those names, you. like, <laughs> I was like, he gave you six names. I don't think any of them is a morph. Fuck. And Eric's like this, and I'm like, I... I'm seriously calling in to, you know, doubt that Eric doesn't have, like, three racks full of ball pythons he's been hiding from us because he knew I, too much. I do not, man. But I oh, do – I, I am fascinated with genetics, and I am fascinated with um, – The nanny? The, yeah. the nanny? No, I'm not yeah. fascinated You're with fascinated the nanny. with the nanny morph. No. Yeah. I'm going to let that slide because all the good shit Eric did say recently on podcasts. All right. Yeah. I was actually very happy with some of the messages he was putting out there. (laughs) I was trying, man. I was trying to represent, you know, it's different when you're the, when you're the the guest. It's weird. It's, it's, well, it was good uh, because it was some thoughts I've had and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping to get a a blog going again, back out soon. And, uh, some it's just some of the thoughts I've had, you know, like people don't understand that probably 98% of this hobby is pet owners and not breeders. And we have to change the dialogue because right now the dialogue is like breed. Everyone should breed. Everyone's got to breed. Like, no, like not everyone should breed. No, No, dude, if you're, if you dig, like you're saying, if you dig bread lie and you think a hypo bread lie, you know, stonewash is the coolest animal you've ever seen buy it. You don't you ever have to, don't have to breed you it. You don't do not have, have to breed, breed it. everything with a cloaca. That can just be your badass pet that you can just Everyone have forever. Everyone should have a fucking pet if they're in the hobby. Everyone yeah. should have at least that one animal. They're not breeding. They're just keeping it for the pure enjoyment of having that animal. I, right? have, my re- I have my re-tick. Ticks. I've got my scrubs. 
<laughs> what? Well, yeah, they're just you just get to watch them and look uh, at it. Yeah, yeah we likes, got. He <laughs> likes to say species in singular n- and names. He like he, he says retick. That really means reticks. No, I no, no, no. Not in this sense. Not in this one. I have has one. Boas. No, I do not. Well, no. I See, have, we have a couple um, monitors. Hold we on, tortoise. I got multiple retics, but you can one also of them, tell when I hit a nerve when his voice raises. You're damn right, you do. Um, <laughs> I can see it now on when I edit the podcast. I can see when it goes into a higher decibel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's where Owen got me. And cut. it's like, but it's pretty no, much got... every carpet fest with me and Chris. Yeah, well, I, Owen's I hide, always screaming. I hide from Chris at one point, but um, no, I got the one retick that I'm not breeding because that was the pet from Matt, and I don't want to breed it. It's probably a sin because it's like a two thousand dollar animal, but whatever. So like you're right. 14 jeans in it, man. What are you doing? I know it. Just sitting with it. it I'm a horrible. I don't want it. it maybe I, you can trade somebody for a white lip for it. Maybe. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You don't have to breed everything with cloaca, but at the same time, if you have that one animal that is needed now, maybe you should put it in the hands of party. Yeah. Will. And mostly the Somali complex, and maybe like if you're the one random person who has a Duns Python that hasn't gotten to Ryan's hands, get that to his. What hands. the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. If it's something like that, get you know, maybe you shouldn't keep that as a pet right now. I mean, it's it's that's a hard thing to say to someone, but yeah, you know, we may lose the right to import shit in six months and twelve months tomorrow. You know what I mean? Can I would. You, dude, I, I remember weeks be before sale. this shit. I remember a week before this shit happened. I yeah. never thought everything was going to close down. Never. Yeah. I was I was laughing with a guy at the auto shop getting an oil change in my truck. How he was getting on a, a he had to uh, do like a phone call that night with higher up management about COVID. And I'm like, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Now the world has changed that fast. Yeah. So Dude. I could see it happening now. Six months ago, I never saw I, anything you would have said to me. I'm like, ah, unless it was like, oh, this country's going to shut down. Okay, but now. We're in a real threat of losing importation of all these animals, everything, nothing coming in, nothing, nothing moving. Can you imagine people's like the shit that people are going to put up for sale just because they think it's, you know, now it's worth something like they've held on to this pair of white lips. And now that pair of white lips is worth God knows how much. Well, I was already told Malukan prices are going to be sky high, if, if anything, this year, which I wasn't happy about. Because yeah. I was actually considering making a move. I should have made a move years ago. I, I should have got more. I'm pissed that I didn't grab more uh, hognose this summer because I was planning on grabbing some more um, before Madagascar shut down. But now yeah. I'm like, fuck. Well, so no, it, neither of you care about it, but I picked up a whole bunch of imported poplins of all different bloodlines and poplin carpets galore. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm dude. I'm good. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's adorable. Um, but yeah, no. So, it, you can't. Well, what happens it, I, if they shut it down? Yeah, well, if they do, then then that's it. Like the one thing that made Pop One Pop Pop One Carpet so good is that you had the influx of wild blood. Now you're just like everybody else. So, at least on the bright side, it's just, that'll be just like Australia. We yeah. have, we have them here. We've been here. We're before. not in danger of losing jungles. We're not in danger of losing coastals. No. But they shut down everything. We're in danger of losing bolians. We're in danger of losing Malukans, Helmaharas, 
White lips. White lips? Hit White or lips, miss? Dude. But dude, we, no, no, we've had the wars. We just talked about the list. The list is pythons. The list is only three or four yeah. deep. And I mean, Water what pythons, if something happens to Ryan's, you know, breeding pair of blackface white lip? Then well, here's, here's the thing that people never think about. Mm. What happens if something happens to the person that's keeping those species? Right. Like, what if there's only one guy? Do, like, God forbid something happened to somebody like Tom Geoghan, right? Ring yeah. pythons would be gone, right? Who, who, right? I mean, we there's TJ that does them. Um, who else? Who else does them? Uh, um, who's who's that one that has the um, the, they have the really good ones, like the really really less pattern. But it, aren't they in Canada? No, they're in Europe. Europe, damn it! Yeah. Why am I friends with people where I can't get their snakes? Right. So it's like um, uh, TJ. The, yeah, the. Well, yeah, we had him on the show, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of other people, but I can't. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that have them or work with them, and maybe they're not. They maybe had success, yeah. You know, I'm sure that they exist, but, I mean, how many more people is that? Yeah, but compare that that to, at one point, they couldn't give away ring python babies. Like, it's... Well, they suck. uh, (laughs) I mean, that's your opinion. No, I mean, like, okay, you raise these animals up to breed them, and then the female eats the male. That sucks, All right, yeah, man. that sucks. All right, all right. <laughs> Holy shit, that does Case suck. in point, yeah, that, that does blow. You know, it's one of the reasons I never dipped into blackheads, because people are like, you know, well, that can and, happen. And see, that's the weird thing. Blackheads get... Yeah, they get the rap for it, but, but apparently you never hear, anybody, you never yeah. hear Derek Roddy or uh, uh, Jason Hood saying, "Damn, my blackhead ate." Blackheads ate each other. But, but yeah. you talk to anybody that breeds ring pythons, they'll be like, "Well, introductions can be a little bit uh, nice." <laughs> yeah. Same with popwin pythons; they're the same thing. Yep, no more popwins, and you've just ruined that list. I was thinking about it. Now you've destroyed it. So. Yeah. But that's a scary thing. Like this was this conversation was a joke six months ago. Like it was yeah. a it was saying it, but it would never happen. Now, yeah. I, man, like I, said, real I, possibility. I could I could almost Babe Ruth call it that it's going to happen because I don't see how we can defeat it now. I the the economics and that's what drives everything of this for the most part is economics to the country. Sure and. I think the economic thing just and someone brought up a good point the other day was, you know, you have to take into the effect that Petco and the other pet industry, big pet industry companies are going to have that's that's where the economics can come into play and can save you in in something like this in the past. I don't think they have the clout now against a global pandemic that came from an animal. And I said it. It was not fucking made in the lab. Stop that fucking garbage, <laughs> fucking idiots. It it, it came it came from an animal. <laughs> yes. Trump's yeah. A, yeah, and Trump's a fucking retard too. Both sides are retarded. There you go. I just offended everybody. Both sides are retarded. Trump's a fucking idiot. God. But here's the, here's the thing. It, you, besides all that, it was it was not made in the lab. It, it's it's a natural uh, born virus, and the problem is. This is a real thing. And before this, like, we knew it. Like, every year, like, there's the SARS, and it didn't really do what this did. Whether or not they should have done it or not, this has affected the economy bad. So now politicians are going to do what politicians do, and they're going to overreact to it. Correct. And I was hoping, my hope was that, like, 
the exotic pet trade would kind of just we kind of things would kind of just smooth along and we'd just kind of skate and then long enough and then it'd be like, well, it wasn't that until they a couple senators wanted to end it. And now that now that it's on the forefront, I don't know if we can get take it back. I don't know how we beat it if it if it goes forward. Well, I mean, I don't I do I I do agree with you to not like uh, to a large degree that, you know, I, I don't know what the science would be that would defeat this. However, I guess could you argue, you know, you've never seen well, yeah, see that's the problem. Like they're just not going to listen to I mean common sense. I mean, think of it, yeah. you know, I mean, we've we've imported these animals for how long? Right. Here, here's your thing. They didn't. They wouldn't. They didn't like to listen to common sense with the Florida issues. Right. They're certainly not going to listen to common sense now. And our problem, to me, the problem now is the common the the common sense we have is not as strong as an argument against them doing it anymore. Yeah. In that, they'll yeah. change their mind. The biggest the biggest problem I think that you have is the fact that we can't even unite. We we. we that's the, to me that's the obstacle that is the biggest thing of all is that like i mean we can't even agree if a snake should be in a tub or a cage or <laughs> agree to disagree or maybe try to see it from a different viewpoint you know what i mean the only time i've ever heard somebody give that argument and like made any kind of sense was uh i listened to this guy he was talking on a podcast and he, he was trying to make the the argument about it and more or less he was saying that you know if you're a breeder Probably you're trying to make it as an efficient as, as efficient as possible. Yes. Right. You know what I mean. So from a breeder standpoint, uh, yeah, this is probably the way to go. You know, um, they obviously they can survive in this. They you know they breed. They so you know there would be some argument that they thrive. Blah 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 blah. And you can you can kind of like you can give them some enrichment in a tub and all that kind of stuff if if you really think that they need that or whatever. You know, we can debate that all day, but it goes back to that that thing. I think where somewhere along the the way, everybody has changed their idea that in order to be somebody in this hobby, you have to be a breeder, and you know it's and and the breeders don't do. Sometimes we do ourselves a disservice, and I used to say this before, like you know, to me, and even this. This is going back when Morelli was all together, you know. Mm. Um, to me, you can't get a better display snake than Morelia, you know. Yeah. There, 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 there's a there's a color, a size, and a pattern for every possible scenario you could want. Yeah. And you could keep that in a dis display cage and have this awesome pet, but yet, you know, us in the Morelia world, we're so focused on the breeding aspect or, you know, um, gonna... everything. It's not just yeah. Morelia. It's everything. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but I'm just speaking to. And that's the problem. That's where every discussion comes in. It's like you can't you can't go into the carpet python group and just post uh, just a normal looking B grade jungle. Yeah. Right. Because. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you can't even just post it and be proud of it because they're going to criticize the cage. They're going to criticize the snake. Oh, you don't have lineage. Oh, you don't know what the fuck it is. It's just their Who pet. Who cares? Right. It's Who just cares? their pet. It doesn't I try, matter. I get hit up with that more 
probably in the last year, I don't know what the difference is, but I've been hit with that question more so than, than anything. And this really? is how I always try to answer it. First of all, like they'll answer me like, oh, I just got it today. Somebody sent me a picture, a, a video or something on Instagram, and they're saying they picked up this snake. To me, when I look at it, it looks like an IJ, right? That's okay. what it looks like. You know, there, I know we all say that you can't tell, and, you know, but there are, some, there are some tells that could tell you. You're never going to be able to know 100%, but it's not like, I think sometimes online, and this is just that you're typing it on, on a, you know, with your keyboard rather than talking to somebody. So those little nuances are lost, but like it comes across dickish because it's like, well, you're never going to be able to tell. Right. But which is true. But you're not. Yeah. You know, you have that person that just got a carpet python and this is your introduction to them and you're telling them that their animal sucks because the lineage doesn't go back to 1996, you know? And it's like, I don't know. I always try to first, whenever that happens, I take a look at the snake and I say, well, it could be this, right? Mm -hmm. And let me say that that snake is killer. It's a killer snake. Always right? compliment the snake. That always yes. softens the blow. Yeah. Yes. It's like you, you gotta, you gotta, gotta kind of get the compliment. See, when I yeah. when I do that, Eric, I do focus a little heavier on the fact that he, here's why you can't tell and you can't tell. I don't. I'm not even necessarily doing it for the original poster. I'm doing it for the 60 people that are going to read this thread. Correct. Right. Because the person posting, it's probably their pet. Right. Or not, but probably, and it doesn't really matter. But the other sixty people all want to be breeders, right? Well, and they want to find that they have that one snake. I want and them they want to, to learn the right way. So you yeah. got to do the balance, right? So this is what I try to say to that person. I said, "Well, what are you? What? Is, what is? What are your plans? Is this just a pet, or is it something you want to breed? Are you something that maybe you're going to think about that later down the line? Like, what? what is your, oh, it's just a pet. And I was like, well, then, dude, you have an awesome snake. You yeah, know? exactly. It's, what it is. it's just an awesome snake. Like, and I would tell them, I would say, you know what I would call it? I would call it a jungle type. Or I would call it a, a, a coastal type. Because at the same breath, and this is what irritates me with sometimes with how this goes, is like, We'll, we'll, like, knock down that person that's, you know, has this snake that's their pet, and it doesn't have lineage that goes back. But somehow, if there's, like, a lineage missing and you, you pick the subspecies and it's just like, oh, well, we've accepted that, that, you know, yeah. that, that's, that that's what it is. You know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll call, think about it, undocumented coastal undocumented jungle you can you can i'm sure between the three of us we have an animal in our collection that you could trace back that has an animal that's questionable of course so i have high cons in, i have high cons in my collection sure. everything's questionable. i have both yeah sure. i have one that's traced back it's pure and i have stuff that's traced back a couple and that then there's an unknown but you still call it a jungle carpet right true usually right jungle so, type right yeah. so why are we so uptight about you know, somebody calling their snake, uh, you know, if, if they have no intentions of breeding the snake and it they can do whatever they want. Pet, yeah. What difference does it make? I'm not uptight about that anymore. I just want to point that out. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not so, I, well, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, yeah, yeah. I, like, but you see I, that I, conversation. You and know that's, what I mean? and you're, you're 100 percent right. And the problem is, and like I said to Brandon today, I was like, the problem is the 60 people commenting on this haven't fucking earned the right to fucking be dicks about this. Because right. they don't fucking know themselves. 
Right. Like, so you just need to slow down a little bit. And right. listen, like, you know, when you were getting started, I mean, I know when I got started, I had several animals that were crosses that I picked up at a show that there was no lineage on. And then if you decide you're going to start getting serious about this kind of stuff, you do eventually either sell those animals or just keep them as pets away from the breeding stock that you get from people who you can trace back the lineage if it means if it is that important to you. If you're just trying to break if you're just trying to breed cool Morelia, then you might not care and then you just have to make sure you label everything appropriately. Well you know what's I, happening? Mm. And I think Eric, I think you brought this up recently on one of the other podcasts. Uh, or maybe I heard someone say it. There's this there's this whole thing now that everybody's gotta be heard. Mm. Everybody's gotta put their fucking opinion out there. Most of their opinions fucking suck. Right. <laughs> But here's the thing, and I, I, I liken it to when I first came into the Morelli community. I had years of keeping carpets. I, I had knowledge of it. Right. I didn't say a fucking word because right. I was watching debates between Nick and Yasser and fucking you yeah. know, Jason talk on the forum. And maybe it was easier on the forum to be quiet than it is on Facebook. Because if you said something on the forum, nobody responded if you were nobody. <laughs> you know, no, you could say something. Yes. And no. <laughs> This is just ignoring you because who the fuck is this kid? He doesn't know shit. I spent, I don't know, years. I didn't say really much until I slowly felt more comfortable. And, you know, I just posted pictures of my animals, asked questions, slowly integrated myself into that to where I felt I could join the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah. And, I, and I've taken that approach for everything. Like, you'll see me very vocal in a carpet group, but if I go into a new species that I don't fucking know... I'm not going to fucking, even if I, like, like, Clemerite, Day Geckos, uh, we have, I won't go in and fucking act like an expert in the in the group compared to some of these guys, because it's, we've been very lucky, they breed easily, but, like, I'm not the expert, I'm not the, I'm not, yes, I've had, I've had good luck with them, and right. they're healthy and all this, but that, even at that level of success, I don't feel comfortable going into a group and giving someone else uh, advice or answers because I don't know enough of the the uh, the intricacies of these animals mm-hmm. to 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 be able to do that. So nowadays everyone's jumping in, and to my the, I think the problem is that breeder mentality. Like they're answering as if they're breeders and everyone's a breeder. Yeah. No one's answering as that person. Like you said, that person just they don't care. It's just a pet. Right. Lighten up. We're not fucking it's not really a big deal anymore. Like if you want to have a serious debate on purity or, or carpet care, then you know what? Come over to the carpet discussion group and tag me, tag Brandon, tag you guys, tag Jason, tag Mike Curtin, tag any experienced breeder, and we can do that. Right. You guys mm-hmm. you guys know me, I got no fucking problem with that. It, we can it, go down that road. If anybody Don't. wants our opinions, all they have to do is send a question to info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. We will happily <laughs> answer it yeah. on come, air. Yeah, you so, can come get come I debate the no people. Problem. Know, come yeah. debate the people with success and and respect in this in the and this niche. Fucking don't get into this argument on this poor kid's fucking thread because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I say that because they were they were screaming today about this kid having a. Some people are screaming about it in a glass tank. Who gives a shit? Eric keeps oh, diamonds God. in glass tanks. Dude, Dude we keep we keep. I, you know where, you know what my biggest thing is that with that and and they're like they can't keep the humidity, you can't keep this. Dude, we keep fucking dig echoes, small, 
small gecko species where, like, if they get dehydrated, they're a small animal, it's going to happen quickly. We keep them in fucking exoterras. There's no fucking difference. It's right. a glass tank. It's with a sideways a, tank. Yeah, I don't doors. understand that. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. I, do, I don't, I don't get, get that. <laughs> like, everybody yeah. is going out and making these naturalistic setups from exoteros that are made of glass. And the, just so people know, like, so everybody, Owen says this all the time, and I can't tell you how many messages I get, Owen, about glass tanks. Number one, I keep baby diamonds and small <laughs> diamonds in glass tanks. Right, and then you upgrade them to the cages. Foot PVC oh, for fuck's sake. Dude, I almost went out to my garage today to get a 10-gallon tank that I have out there just to throw a jungle in it just to piss people off. Well, then right. you can do it. You just need to understand is that, you know, there are going to be some differences between a cage and a tank. It sure. can be done. Well, you it know? was done. It was done. That's how it happened. And, That's and the grandparents the people, of your shit was bred in those things. It, right. And the people have to understand what we're talking about. If I'm in a white lip group and someone posts a white lip in a tank, yeah, which I no. did my first one was in a tank, <laughs> yeah. it's, that's a terrible idea. You're going to kill me. Yeah. Carpets are a different animal. Yes. It's And this whole fish tank is for fish. Shut the fuck up. It's It's – a fucking box. It doesn't matter what the enclosure is as long as if it's a tub, if it's a glass tank, if it's a plastic cage, as long as you're providing the animal what it needs to thrive inside that enclosure, the rest doesn't fucking matter. So when right. do you when does it when does it twist? Like when do you all of a sudden when does it become a tank and is bad to a enclosure which is good? Like it is it because you turned it up on its side and put a false back in the the, the thing? I mean, like when does that it's still a glass tank. You just it's made it look nice. People regurgitate what they're seeing in these other groups that yeah. don't know what the fuck they're that are not talking at a, an advanced level or don't know carpets. Carpets right. are different than a lot of shit. They're adaptable. True. Yeah. I wouldn't keep I would keep carpets in glass tank anytime. I don't because it's it's easier for me to do what I do. Yeah. But I would well, not keep my other stuff in there. I would say a baby carpet would do fine in a ten gallon aquarium to a certain point and then it would need to be upgraded. To well, something. Spark yeah. was Spark was raised in a ten gallon tank when he was yeah. a baby. I think I think that's fine. I think I think you're gonna have a little bit of a culture shock for when it comes from my place where it's in a tub to the tank, but I think it will get over that and I think it would do fine. Yeah, based on the individual with, appro- with appropriate heating. Yeah, appropriate heating based on the individual, because I imagine there's gonna be that one carpet that's just gonna <laughs> cheese grate its face for no yeah. fucking reason. But you know, it's I think you can have success, but you need to understand is where you draw the line and realize that now the animal's too big for this, or where do you draw the line of this animal is not okay in this setup? And that's the problem is that I don't think people know where to draw the line, so they just they just the broad scratch out an entire thing of you can never keep animal in insert thing or X or yeah. this way. And but the problem today was the dude was Mister. I've done this for twenty years. Fuck you guys. So now he's abrasive to them. But then they're all – someone even went as far to say is you're borderline an animal abuser. No, that person's Christ. fucking ignorant. They're, no, they're just ignorant. They need to stick to the ball python side of things where they can be a Brian Barczyk fan. It's, and it's – you know, they say things like that. And there's other people that went the glass tank thing. I said at one point, I said that snake probably has more room to move around than – 40% of the people who are commenting, criticizing you right now, that, yeah. than their animals. Yeah. They're probably yeah. crammed animals. And I it's, just want the people to understand, just, just so that they can understand my mindset when it comes to why I keep 
those snakes, particularly in a glass tank, because I put a hot basking light on top of them. For me, right. I think the diamond pythons, being a dark carpet python, respond more so than any other carpets to you know a light cycle, heat, the sun, that kind of thing. And that's I what would I agree that way. Right? And that makes. I'm, I'm sure they're fine on a on a on a uh, on a uh, you know if you're using heat tape or whatever it would be. I'm sh- I'm sure you could do that. But for me. My thought process is is that I want them to be cycling to that, and I've observed observations with it. Is it the only way to do it? No, because most of the people that breed diamonds keep baby diamonds in tubs. I just prefer to keep them in a tank. That's I like your setup better. I like it that you took a eight foot diamond python and crammed it into a five gallon tank. <laughs> <laughs> See, Idiots. here's the thing, though. Here's it's the like thing. morons. Are like really, guys? Here's the thing. You Seriously. just need this, this, this thought-out explanation of why you do what you do and right. why the snake's doing fine in that. Tomorrow, go on to make yourself a fake profile, post a picture of that under an, a different name in that group, see what happens. Not, and how, the not the reduced patterns. They're too obvious. Go to the other one. Get, get Good point. One. Just, yeah. just a normal-looking diamond, right? But you know what I'm saying? Like, you would post that, yeah. and you would get attacked by 60 of people. You, you cannot keep it in the glass tank. Yeah, but the thing is, you can if you do it correctly. That that's the problem is that some people don't know how to do it. They're blanket husbandering everything. Right, and rather than learning, like listen, I have a water python female. I put her in a three foot cage. She bashes the shit out of her face trying to kill me because she can see me that I have to cover it up. I put her in a forty one quart bin. She's the calmest puppy dog ever. Yeah, like so that animal. Like, I'm not going to put her in a three-footer anymore. The problem is the people making this argument, they saw this in another group on a on different set of snakes where the tank wouldn't be as good. But they're not educated enough to have their own opinion on this. So they're, they're just regurgitating what they saw because mm-hmm. they think it's right. And carpets, it's just not right. It's not – if it was a scrub python in there, absolutely. I'm like, yeah, get that out of there. It's got to go. Wrong thing. Right. It's a carpet. It's in a tank. It's a pet. Like this. It's the snake's not. It's not being harmed. It's not. There's nothing wrong with it. You know. Even then, dude. Like I, I've had people. I have a friend that raised several carpets in exoterras, and then when they started getting bigger, actually had giant glass. To, I, I don't even know what to call them because you can't even say tanks or terrariums. They're freaking huge. And they're basically just a giant-ass glass tank that, you know, I could stand in. And so what? why, why is that okay, but the other one isn't? Exactly. Well, that's why I said the day geckos. Small, these are small yeah. species where if they're if they dehydrate, it's quick and bad. Like if yeah. humidity's off and all that, we have them in exoterras. They're not yeah. covered tops. There's three lights on top of there. There's an LED light. There's UV light. And then uh, we use uh, mercury, uh, not mercury vapor, but oh. they're like these oh, puck lights. Okay. They're little puck lights for like cabinets. <clears throat> right. The... Um, what the hell is the electric blue day gecko breeder? Uh, was it Frank something? I oh, cannot shit. help you. I can't. I know. I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Really, but uh, 
he's the one who uh, reading his stuff was the one turned me on that. They're just little puck lights for like under uh, cabinets. Like halogen you put them on. Yeah, little halogen hmm. lights, and they okay. heat up. Uh, what it is, they heat up the basking spot. Whatever. You you hook them up to a an old school. I remember my grandma had this on her lamps in her house, like the sliding, uh, the sliding for the. The dimmer switch? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, you hook God. up to the dimmer switch. You get it to the temp you want, and you leave it. Oh, and it works works very well. That's how the day geckos are set up. And uh, golden geckos also. They're set up the same. Large exoterras, a couple of those, UV light, and then uh, LED lights for, like, the plants and shit. But that's what yeah. got me. I'm like, these tanks are glass tanks. They're not – it's not like I'm covering the top of plastic. You know, I'm not a – I'm not – uh, you know, everyone says you can, use, that's the other side, the people that say you can use the glass tanks if you know what you're doing and, and, you know, MacGyver them the right way. And like for a lot of snakes, like ball pythons, like that's a pain in the dick. I get it. But then they want, my problem is a lot of these people are not giving an avenue for, uh, especially ball pythons. They're not giving an avenue for the pet owner to get a cage. Mm. I'm seeing, at least I'm seeing that change. They're, they're more people are pushing them towards like, uh, the ball box, uh, who, who does those, uh, Chris something, I forget it's a cage, cage maker, but they are pushing more to at least more and more towards like cages, PVC cages for ball pythons, right. you know, cause why the fuck is the pet owner with one or two of these going to get a rack? It yeah. makes no sense. It like well, I remember when I got my first snakes, like I didn't want to fucking, I want to see them. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you're not going to see a ball python. It's hiding, but at least at night you come in there, you, you want to see it out. Yeah. Like instead of in a tub, it makes no sense. So that's why the dialogue in a hobby needs to shift from breeder centric to understanding that not everybody should be a breeder. Mm-hmm. And we're already, they don't realize, I think a lot of people are losing out on a huge amount of their customer base by not yes. selling to 98% of their possibility, possible customer base. They're only selling to breeder. And yeah. Dude, go back and listen to the early episodes of NPR. I've said that for years that like we're just missing the mark totally. Like especially, you know, even even chondro people. Like, you know, you think about how somebody would just love to have that as a display animal, you yeah. know, and to just be there. I mean, come on. You're just missing it if you think that everybody and not only that, you're just making all your competition. I mean, yeah. that's something the Barkers talked about. Why wouldn't you There's, want, like dude there's multiple places I've seen that discussion. Uh, literally, you're just you're selling to your competition. Um, there's a long post I screenshotted somewhere. I have to send it to you. Uh, I think Jordan Russell. I think it was Jordan Russell. I screenshotted it because it was fuck. I forget the word he used, but it was basically the snake in a circle eating its own tail, and it yeah. it, it it likened that to our hobby and how we do things, and it was it just really rung true with me. It was like, oh, fuck. I wish I could remember more of it, but it was like, literally it was just selling to your own, to your competition. It's all breeder centric, you know? And that's the problem now. Like people are missing out. Like you said, the green shit, that's all our green tree is going to, well, I shouldn't say that. Cause I had this idea where, uh, the one green tree that Val has mm-hmm. is a, it's a sibling to the remedy from buddy Buscemi. Right. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, oh, we should get one of the sicknesses kids, and now we breed the sickness to the remedies bloodline. <laughs> <laughs> call it and call it normal. Yeah. Um, but right. yeah, there you go. The, the, nothing um, normal. The uh, I mean, dude, like I I bred stonewash, like bred lighthead stonewash 
and more people have come up to me asking just for normal bread lie because they dig them as pets. Like I, when I bred, breed the bread lie, I hope for more males because people love bread lie just as pets because they're bulletproof. They're a very pretty snake. And I usually bring my female out and people dig her. So it just the way it is. And I, um, was it a bunch of people kept turning down this granite that I had because like they were interested in the color and the patterns or whatever. The people who ended up buying her just wanted her as a pet and just dug her pattern and color and they'd never seen a snake like her before. So they were the ones who ended up buying her. So there is room for people who just want to have a really cool looking python as a pet who don't want who have no intentions of breeding. You just have to talk to them about it. And wouldn't that be the um you know like you want those people on your side because if yeah. you have if you have like uh you know all these households in the in the US that are keeping a pet whatever you want to say if it's let's say carpets right if you have a yeah. pet carpet like don't you think that more people are going to be it, they're going to want to keep that carpet right you know what and i mean like <laughs> they're going to want to have that as it's their pet Yeah, I mean, and also from a business standpoint, I've gotten more pictures of that granite carpet python just hanging out on a tree branch or chilling with the people who own her and shit like that than I have of any other snake I have sent that I've produced and sent to people that was going to be used for breeding. Like, you're talking about an animal that you could probably, like, showcase that was from me, that they do that all the time. So... Dude, I, I just thought before, and it, it's sometimes I, when I'm thinking these thoughts, I kind of try to compare it to the other part of my life with, with like the mammals and the dogs and the cats. Mm-hmm. I just thought before, I said, you know, I said, if you looked at everybody in the country who owned a dog, what percentage of the, the people own dogs would you say are pet owners versus actual breeders? Oh, man. I would say ninety yeah. percent are pet keepers, maybe even more, maybe ninety. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would agree. And now, what is it for reptiles? I bet it would be probably the opposite. And, and probably opposite it's it's probably it. opposite when you consider at least the people that want to be breeders. Yeah. Yeah. I here's the thing. I don't want to fucking breed huskies. Okay. Really? Like, why not? Dude. Oh God, please. <laughs> <laughs> One's enough. Uh, but I. But. I, I have enough self-awareness to be like, and believe me, my, if my wife, my wife will listen to this and be like, we're breed, but I want to breed Huskies. I want them all. No. no. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? What I'm saying yes. is I have a self-awareness is I, that's our lifestyle. The last thing we need is to fucking breed these animals. Right. right. There's not enough people. The, the conversation in reptiles is completely opposite. Everyone thinks they should breed it when a lot less people need to. Yeah. I mean, Eric would be breeding dash hounds. And I'd oh, be breeding, God, those I'd be, guys. and I'd be, I would just be breeding unholy spawn from the depths of hell. So you know, it's, yeah, pretty you sure I puked in one, front of one of those dogs. Yeah, many babies. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I, I don't puked wanna... in front of one of his dogs while they were judging me. It was probably, it was probably Roxy. <laughs> probably she's, Roxy. she's judgmental. Oh, this um, this thread is a train wreck, man. <laughs> oh, you're reading it? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, you know what, you know what. What baffles me, right? Okay, so yeah. there's this guy, Jake, and he posts this up. Oh, I got my female in the setup, and everybody does 170 page, uh, 170 posts about how he sucks as a keeper, right? What the and hell? if you scroll down, right? Yeah. Wait, 
You just scroll down to the next, like you go down a little bit more, you go down a little bit more, go down a little bit more. There's a guy with a nine foot carpet python that. Uh, oh, that thing's gonna be dead by four. <laughs> next. Jeez. Anyway, keep going, keep going, keep going. Oh, look, there's another snake in a glass tank. Oh, right. look, there's another snake in a glass. Oh, look, there's another snake. And nobody says shit. So it's just nobody this says guy. Shit. Nobody says nothing. Yes, Not but, one word. You, but the, the reason is is because he did the I have 20 years, shut the fuck up. Oh, he said that. Okay. He, they, everyone's wrong in that thread. Yeah. Uh, okay. He dropped it's just the, a total clusterfuck. Yeah, yeah, no, it's the other ones, it's like people will give their comment, but if they don't really respond to it, like, you know, it's not gonna go as far. This one, anytime someone got, you know, really critical do, of do him, we, it was do we own this page, Eric? I can't keep track of no, that. No. No. It's I, I'm actually gonna be I, I'm gonna mess with the mods and I will say I will wade into this and just destroy everything. No, so. someone's <laughs> no, someone's a mod in there that we actually know and I think that's I, I'm gonna message him and be like, dude, clean What's the page up. This? Yeah. Like I didn't know you were a mod till just today, actually. That's a true story. I didn't know he was. I think this is more recent. But like, listen, <laughs> we need to figure something out because this is this is a bad look for, for our, our part of the hobby here. Like this this page is a train wreck. You gotta you gotta reel in you got to reel in pages because every once in a while people will just gang up on everybody. And it is. I don't really post there all that much. And every once in a while I'll share something to that page. But I just. I mean, Dude, I stopped sharing on our own page. Like I posted up on the yeah, pick of the week. I don't even do it. I posted up on the pick of the week. One time I posted up on the pick of the week a, a, a super caramel jag that had just hatched. And the first question was from somebody I'd never heard of. He said, that's kind of cool. And then I'm like, all right, thanks. He goes, actually, it's kind of shitty. I'm like, oh, well, fuck you. Like, it was like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I think he posted up some other animal, like one of his or something like that. I'm like, who are you? Like, why are you like, you like, like, whatever. And that's the problem now. It's a lot of who are you and how did you get this opinion? Yeah. It's so it was like, at, that was the last, that was the last straw. Now I'm like, fuck you. Nobody gets to see my animals, but Eric. So. Yeah, <laughs> I've been I've been lucky with Elias's group because like there's no bullshit there, right? Because it's it's, it's it's because there's no there's no there's not 18 morphs of Maclots Python. It's just a Maclots Python. The problem is you don't even it's not even just the morphs now. Well, it's not even just the morphs. It's you're not getting care bullshit. You're just getting well, appreciation for what everyone's got. Well, in that to group. be honest, um, I posted up when I went I went down and saw KJ. And I took pictures of his baby Dunai, yeah, and I, I post and I posted it up, and people went absolute. These these people who I don't know how they they even found my Facebook page for Rogue, and they start blasting away that these are not Dunai, and that I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, and all oh, this other God, crap. Oh God, I wish it happened to me. I'm like I'm like whoa whoa whoa. I'm like I'm like they were bred by Ryan Young. I know the parents are Dunai. They're like oh, they're crosses. You're full of shit. And then I posted up a picture of. The female with the eggs and then they're like oh no but that's really cool man I'm like yeah go fuck yourselves like yeah. it was you you came in guns blazing you didn't actually ask questions you immediately jump all over me because and the and guy even said everything and the guy even said he's like dude i import dunai i know what i'm doing with dunai i'm like but you don't because i'm telling you right now that's what these are he's but the color's really weird okay I'm sorry you haven't seen any really baby fresh Dunai in your years of importing them. So it's yeah, no. The second you prove though that you are you were correct, they all want to be your friend and they're complimenting you on things, but you know, it 
it's a knee-jerk reaction that needs to stop. Stop. It's literally a summary of everything that goes on right. online. Every yeah. every everything goes down that road because of these experts that aren't experts or you know they, they're experts in their own mind, but they don't they don't take the time to ask questions. Because like if they had come at me and been like, "Dude, I've never seen Baby Dunai that look like this. Are you sure they're Dunai?" I'd be like, "Yeah, they were produced by Ryan Young. Here's a picture of Mom on X, and it could have oh, stopped right there." I remember this. Here's oh, the thing. Remember, you remember how hot you, I was, right? Here's the thing. Yes. It doesn't look like Baby you Dunai because you because that person never saw Baby Dunai. Yeah, well, congratulations because they haven't been bred that often. That's so what I mean. Yeah. yeah. That person's telling you that's not a Dunai because that's not what they look like. Dude, that motherfucker's never seen a Dunai. Right, the pictures. youngest Dunai he's seen is a year old after the color change. KJ yeah. has babies. I mean, they were – and he's growing them slow. So the, the color change from hatchling to adult is ridiculous. Plus, Dunai is a species. It's, a, it's so hideously variable that – the male looks nothing like the female that was bred to Nick's Nick's female, and looks nothing like the female that KJ has. So all of them look different, but also somewhat similar. So yeah, it's huh. And message Eric would be like, "Well, this is interesting." And then he does We've had usually call, those as of usually late. <laughs> usually usually calls them up and goes, "See, what I find is it's like when you're playing a guitar, and it's like, and then he kind of goes." <laughs> You may have, you might like Les Paul. Uh, right. I might not. But See, that doesn't I'm mean so that proud of you, Owen. As you much did not know what a Les Paul I was. I still <laughs> don't. And yeah, that's you like, have no idea. But you're like I'm, spouting I'm, off just like you're a musician. Why, that's why I didn't, and that's why I didn't, and normally you have a second type of guitar. Uh, and I don't know what else to put there except maybe Fender. But that's Fender probably style. wrong. Dude. All right, cool. There so yeah. But you might like so that, but that you. doesn't mean that we're not as passionate about music <laughs> in the same way. Like, yeah, I, and that I've thing. actually is... slowed down though, because because a few years ago, like I would get into just every debate and argument. We're older, now, tired. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Give I, a I shit, do. Man. I do a lot more scrolling, but the problem is, like, uh, right now I'm working every other week. Um, we're doing an A B schedule to have less people at work, you know, and um, so between being off every other week and I don't know. Just today was the right day. I had to get in that stupid thread, and every once in a while, every once in a while, the right thread will come along, and I'll see enough idiots fucking comment. They're ignorant comments. They don't know what they're talking about, and I'll jump in and get into it. But I, I know well, it's well, I've done it as well. I know that it sucks getting into those. <laughs> what? But like, do you feel like we're kind of letting the shit go, and because people who aren't maybe more knowledgeable aren't jumping on these threads? And kind of nipping it that maybe we are kind of it, it's hurting more than it is well, helping by just ignoring it. But don't you think like at this point, like think about when we were coming into the Moralia hobby. There, right? was, there was no book. There, there was, was no, no podcast. Yes, there, was there was no nothing. carpet. There was fest, a forum. There was nothing. And you we went on the forum nothing. and you stayed in your spot. And we were you did thankful. not comment <laughs> if you did not have nothing to add. And if somebody did. They were told to shut the fuck up. <laughs> we had we had we had brown striped carpets, and we were thankful Am for I those wrong? striped carpets. Am I, I wrong? Know. No, you, you're not. You you're go not. on the forum. I, I told someone that the other day. I said I came up in in the time of the hobby when the forums were around, where if you fucking spoke up, you better know what you're fucking talking about, or your reputation was ruined forever. Right. <laughs> exactly. They're gonna I be mean, like, oh, that fucking guy. <laughs> and the thing is, dude, half these people like they're they're getting hurt feelings over little shit. Like, man, I 
I remember stuff that I've watched on the forums where it was like, dude, it was brutal. Oh yeah, absolutely brutal. Like go to the monitor forums back in the day with Frank Reitz. Dude yeah. would fight you on his own. Like you could agree totally with him, hundred percent, word for word, agree with him. He'd still find a way to fight with you. I don't even know how he did it. I wonder how many people actually have Reed stacks and don't know it's because that dude made them. Like, it's like... Yeah, they'll be fighting with the guy. You don't yeah, know nothing. You don't know shit. <laughs> Motherfucker, I built the thing that's in your cage. Like, dude, right. if Frank was on the monitor form, guarantee it. And on the, uh, you know, the monitor groups on Facebook, I don't think he is. I haven't really paid attention enough. I feel like he's an old school guy that wouldn't be. But yeah. if he was, you're 100% right. People would have his, his shit that he's, he pioneered. <laughs> they would argue with him that he's wrong. Right. I, I just don't understand that. Nope. Hey, how can you care enough about a species that you don't know the people who pioneered it for you, and then you're going to argue with them? Like, yeah. I, I would love to see the one day where somebody's going to argue with Nick about something and not realize that the freaking book on their shelves was written by him. Like, it's... It's probably happened. It's probably happened, but oh, dear happened. God. It's definitely oh, really? happened. Oh, like, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's happened for sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't I know. Don't get it's it. crazy. I see Nick yeah. more in political conversations now than I do in, in the snake bullshit, honestly. Why get all... Yeah, he's sort of checked out of that. Like, the last time I spoke to him, he was just like... He's like... He's the same way. I'm just... I'm the same way. I feel the same way. Like... I guess as you get older, you realize that your time is limited. Uh, All right. Well, well, it's good to have you back, Scott. <laughs> it, it's it's been too long since I've been on here talking to you guys. Yeah. Yeah, man. Honestly, it sucks. I'm I'm mostly sad that Carpet Fest isn't happening because that's like the one time a year I get to get together with everybody. I mean, I'll I'll probably see Mike Curtin later this year, go fishing with him or something. But you know, to get to see everybody and we would. We would love to make it happen. We would love to try. It's just that um, I think by the time they end up clearing it up to the point where we might even be able to have it, it's going to be really late in the game. So hopefully I was was hoping California's in June and I was like, all right, that's far enough away. But now it's May and it's like, come on, fucking open open up. Yeah, so I mean, even if they opened it up now, like slowly, I don't think we'd get to the point where we could have a carpet fest um, in August, and then we're starting to go down into September, and Eric's going to Australia in October. That's like so, you said, people buy plane tickets and shit. And it's, yeah, you know. and we don't want to. I don't. We yeah. we don't want to do it. If we're gonna, if Carpet Fest will be safe, it will be a quick, dirty. Like it'll come in and be like, guess what's happening next month? That's right. It's like it's gonna be like that. So, um, and it's gonna be hard. So, yeah. And especially because I don't think I don't think anybody wants to have a barbecue in November. <laughs> it's like yeah, I don't know if we're gonna be yeah. able to do it then. It's the so. it's the cards we were dealt. It, it is, is it the is. cards we were dealt, and it's sucky. But I mean, we're still gonna try to have a t-shirt well, fun. That's what will make the next carpet fest all that the much better? Because we're gonna have it. We're gonna ha- we're gonna have we have to count this one. We have to have some kind of t-shirt and a carpet fest to say that like northeast carpet fest t-shirt for the ninth one the year we were all in quarantine or some bullshit because next year is the 10th one and we we basically want to burn eric's house to the ground i mean like it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be eric's bad. crazy Thanks, if he has a 10th one in You're his welcome. house he's crazy he is insane we have the house other is going options. down we literally yeah. tried this year. We this summer we literally tried to find another place to have carpet fest. The problem is with PA yeah. is all state parks that could house us no alcohol, and you have to be out by sundown. 
nope, not going to work. Exactly. So, and then we we need like an island or something, man. We we were thinking about (laughs) that's the problem, dude. I was looking at cabins and campgrounds, same fucking thing, and they have these things where. Uh, you can't have parties. You have to have your family and like only a certain number of people or some bull crap. No, we and need then, someone with a big house, big property, a farm. A I'm working farm. on it. I'm working on it. I'm working Perfect. on it. Yeah, chop chop. Come on, I'm working on through, it, man. <laughs> well, you know, if she stops buying animals, we might have more time, <laughs> more money. But well, sounds like you got the same problems I do. Why is this uh, like this? These are arguments I thought I'd have. Right. No, honey, I don't want the ball python. Please I remember don't when Young here. Owen was saying, <laughs> you know, by the way, I did show Dory that picture and I explained yeah, no, to her I how much you hate that. I hate that and thing. And she laughed so, so hard. <laughs> so, so much. Wait, I'll cut this part out. You damn well better. So, so Scott, right? He sends me this picture of a white ball python. It was like, I don't know. What is it? Uh, uh, it just, I don't know. It's just a, a, a white, all white, white blue-eyed blue or whatever. Right, and Owen says he sends us the, the the message of him and Melissa going back and forth about. She's like, I got this too, and he's like, Wait, what? What? Why? Why did you do this? <laughs> right? Who, what is, who gave you this? And so he's, oh, he's, he's dropped off at the office. I'm like, No, yeah, no. He sends this picture and he goes, I hate this. And then I, I, hate this. And then I take the picture and I draw a hat on the snake. He drew a hat snake, on it. And then he and I said, back. no, you hate this more. And he's like, I hate you so much. I, I'm like, Jesus. she's gone too far. And then Eric's like, no, 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 this would be too far. And he gets the hat. Yeah. I'm like, you bastard. <laughs> That's savage. Yeah, it is. Dude, how do you think I ended up with half a rack of ball pythons? Well, it's like, and she's like, well, you know, it'll just be something that we can try to make better and find a home for. I'm like, we could kill it with fire, and then it wouldn't have to be a problem. Yeah, better man. up your game on the morphs, bro. Oh, uh, dude, are you fucking, no, fuck this thing. Are you kidding me? It's going to be one of those things that I'm going to make it better, and then I'm just going to be like, go to Hamburg, drop off a table, leave. Like, it's... Oh. Dude, it's how we end up with half a rack of all pythons. And no, then... not, no, no, no. Now we don't even work with that. We... I, I'm sure. I'd like to sell them. She already, she already, <laughs> somehow I have a retic project because of her. And then there's a 52 pound tortoise that I have to worry about. More. I have to convert the shed in the back of my house into a tortoise habitat. Oh, She's not great. put ball pythons in my collection. I draw the line. Don't let her get geckos. That's all no. I tell you. She wants Lichianus. Oh, no. We have three boys. No, no. We have three males. I don't even know no, why. And she, this is, she was given all of them. They were free, all of them. This is information that I will not, like, like other buddy is like, hey, I got lychees when Melissa wants them. I'm like, and it's a shame because she'll never hear about that. Like, she won't know that yeah, you have lychee on his floor. I won't one of, one of ours is from him. That asshole. <laughs> it's just <laughs> kicking oh, my all right, well, Scott, if people like, went, <laughs> I have to make the cuts good. You know what I mean? You do. We gotta, we gotta apologize, everyone. They were saying we're all friends here. Like I've known you guys for ten years, so yeah. There's, a, yeah, there's yeah. probably a lot of uh, yeah. this went all over the place. But, yeah, yeah. It's all good. We haven't we good. haven't talked like this in too long, so it's yeah, part I know. Of it. Yeah. Um, <sighs> okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Scott, where would they find you online yeah, you if they to talk to you about things? Uh, I'm still a loser without a business. So you can find me on Facebook under my name or uh, Instagram, nyherp underscore revolution. And uh, 
Same thing on TikTok now. I'm fucking around with that. That's a good really? good really. Do you you know why? Because why? the organic reach on that's fucking ridiculous. Like that's what the wait. kids are all on now these days. Yeah. So yeah. like. <laughs> sound like Jim now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm not. I'm not slowly dancing on there. My I'm just making father. stupid videos with the animals. But yeah. um. Okay. But then uh, if you want to read my blogs, they're on medium.com. You just search Scott Board and they're on there. I will start writing again soon. I promise. Nice. You yep. Yeah. You I got a few I got a few like half started ones um, in my notes, but like I haven't I used to write them on the train and I just haven't been doing it. Uh, I've been doing other stuff recently, so Man. watching TV shows or something. Right. <laughs> so, Everybody, but, uh, they, they want the time like man I, what could i could do with all this time and then now everybody gets the time and they're like oh, i'm not gonna do that <laughs> yeah that, Dude, every hard. other week yeah. i'm like all right i'm gonna write a blog this week well here we are going back to work in two days and i still haven't written one again so <laughs> <laughs> well maybe but, uh, maybe, uh it's just inspired you Check yeah maybe out. maybe maybe <laughs> strike while the iron's hot buddy right yeah that's the other problem. Sometimes you get too many thoughts in your head and you can't organize them. That's been the other issue. Welcome to NPR. Where it yeah. is. Yeah. Welcome, to, welcome to this every, whole episode. Every episode is a is a journey that we don't know where the fuck it's going. Like we we used to have like Just bullet point journey. We used to have bullet point itinerary per show. Now we just See what the fuck happens. <laughs> well, sometimes that's the best. You know? It is the best. I like it so much better. It's so much Jesus more relaxed. the wheel, you hope for the best. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. it. People with their itineraries. You know, when you've been doing this for 10 years, you can do whatever the hell you want. So You know exactly what the third question is going to be before I even write it down. What I know. I know. <laughs> it's been trained in me like a yeah. seal. Yeah. I give you a little treat every time. <laughs> I do. Yeah. He lets me look at a hypo. Yeah. <laughs> It's a coastal. It is. Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, yeah, and then uh, for us, MoraiPythonRadio.net. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, info at MoraiPythonRadio.com. And uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and I'm E.B. Morelia. And Owen. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, uh, it's uh, rogue-reptiles.com. Everything is up to date over there. Uh, there's very few babies from last year that are still for sale, but the first of the 2020s did just start hatching. Uh, so the jungles are out, and that's a good-looking pair. Um, uh, the Delia Scattershot female to an Andrew Hare male. So, mm. Yeah, I got some. There are a few in there that I'm looking at, and I'm like, no, no, you want to cut back on jungles? So it's like, yeah. Um, so that, and then other stuff will be coming, and we'll post it up there. Uh, as far as everything else, it's uh, Facebook.com Rogue Reptiles, and on Instagram, it's Rogue underscore Reptiles. And uh, go check it out. So that's all we have for everybody tonight. So we'll say thank you all for listening, and we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night. Good night.